Well, good evening and welcome to the Psychic Coffee Shop. I'm Ace tonight, and of course, with me tonight is Anna Michal, a veteran popular journalist with Wall Street Journal. She also wrote syndicated columns for Newsday and was twice columnist of the year. She won more than 25 writing awards and uh, reporting awards, and she has a new book out, Why They Say, revealing the inner lives of eight political wives as they fight to maintain a grip on the power and pursuit of their own personal ambitions, including some great names like Monica Trump, Hillary Clinton, Jackie Kennedy, um, Eleanor Roosevelt, and many more. Hi, Anne. How are you? Hi, Asen. I'm doing okay. How about you? Doing well. Doing well. Finished your book last week. It was quite interesting. <laughs> so why'd you start this book? What was the spark? Well, I was um, talking with a literary agent in 2014, uh -huh. and she said, you know, nobody has written about, um, we thought that Hillary Clinton was going to run for president. And, uh -huh. and she said, you know, nobody's written about why um, she's still with Bill Clinton. Uh -huh. And... Um, you know, maybe there's a book in uh, why women stay in these political marriages after these um, humiliating yeah. incidents. And um, so I, I started back then. I wrote, um, as you mentioned, I wrote a first edition mm -hmm. and then Hillary did not win the election. <laughs> Uh -huh. uh, Donald Trump won and I went on a book tour and people were saying to me why don't you write about Melania and Donald as you know people whose marriage raises some mystery for us regular folks uh -huh. and so I did a second edition which came out in this June 2021 right and included the points in that one ah um so how do you think their marriages are different from from private people yeah from private people political let's divide this up political people private people and then celebrity people well i think they probably have a lot in common with um other celebrities mm -hmm. but i also think there are some um particular political factors that that um, weigh into the marriage um, and I've covered politics I'm actually um, not with the Wall Street Journal anymore I'm two two and a half weeks into a new job I, I'm uh, editing for Crane's New York business which is uh, covers business in New York City and New York State and also but we're very much into um, the politics and government and how that um, affects business. So right. um, things are always kind of moving. <laughs> right. And um, they are because, you know, example, Cuomo. I mean, 
everyone thought, you know, he was acting as president for the United States because, you know, we had a dumb dumb. And then all this came out. Mm -hmm. Is he dead? Is it done? <laughs> well, he doesn't think so. He's uh, rumored to be maybe going to run for his old job. As mayor? Yeah, uh, governor of New York. We have um, an election coming up next fall. Mm -hmm. And um, the woman who was his lieutenant governor, Kathy Hochul, mm -hmm. she's, she's running. And uh, we have a couple of other candidates just recently jumped into the race and his name keeps coming up well, I, when they do polls they mm -hmm. say you know of these five candidates and they're including andrew cuomo in there too right. so i think he you know he's feels wronged mm -hmm. and um it thinks he's he's uh got a, a shot at, at his old job so what do you think his consultants are telling him um, you know, they, I think they had to write that stuff for him about he, um, he, he's just Italian and, and he touches people, you know, cause yeah, that's what Italians do. I'm sorry. He's not a little Italian grandma, so he doesn't get by with that. His marinara sauce ain't worth it. No. No, um, but I was so disappointed with him because I was a big backer of him for president. In I know. Yeah, I know. It's it's disappointing when these people whose policies you like and and who you've watched, you know, do a good job and rise to the next level. I mean, I was a big um, Elliot Spitzer fan. Mm -hmm. He was the sheriff of Wall Street and um, uh -huh. did a lot of good things holding um the rich wall street people accountable right. and then he became a uh, governor and got caught up in his own sex related scandal and um i thought he was smart and the people around him were smart and and ambitious for change they came in after many years of a republican governor and they had their ideas and ideals okay. and it's just, you know, it's sad to see right. crash and burn like that. Well, not only that, but to see them just mess the hell up. I mean, some of this, it's like, one, I feel bad for the wives. Um, let's go back to the earliest one, the Roosevelt's. Mm -hmm. Now, this one is one that a lot of people do not have a lot of um, history on because they had control of the press mm. during that time. The press didn't report on right. sex lives back then. Right. Didn't report on sex lives. Most people do not know Roosevelt was in a wheelchair his last term in office. Mm -hmm. What do you think the deal was there with them too? Well, um, they kept their marriage. Um, I mean, they, they didn't really have a marriage after she found out that he had been cheating. Mm -hmm. um, she wanted to um, have a separate life from mm -hmm. him. I think her heart was really broken. 
Right. He always felt like um, not very attractive. And I think that um, the fact that he cheated on her with someone who was actually her, um, had been her secretary and, mm-hmm. you know, was like a good friend and confidant. Because secretaries yeah. get into the nitty gritty for these women that are in positional powers, where they have to schedule tea and watch their appointments. And you know, during that day, a secretary was much more than just a secretary. Mm-hmm. You just didn't take a memo; you handled everything for mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that was one of his affairs. He actually had another affair, correct? Yeah, um, his son Elliot, I think, claimed that he had uh, another affair with Missy Lahand. Mm-hmm. And then I think there was, and I don't know a lot about this, but I think there was a TV um, movie recently that he had an affair with the um, some leader in Norway, female leader. Right. And that is debatable because that one it would be actually be a national security risk. And I think that's what mm. a lot of the problems with this is. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's your thoughts on Jackie and um, JFK? Was their marriage a contract pre-negotiated? <laughs> well, I think JFK was under some pressure to find uh, an acceptable wife. Mm-hmm. And um, Jackie was you know, fit the bill. Mm-hmm. He was um, from a, a good family and um, was beautiful. And uh, I think that both of them were raised in families where the man cheated their their dads, both of their mm-hmm. dads, um, right. kind of flagrantly. And so I think they both, going into the marriage, I mean, I don't know, can't read their minds, but mm-hmm. I think they they sort of um, accepted that a man does this and a powerful man mm-hmm. and um, proceeded accordingly. Right. What are some of the common traits you found as you profiled them? Well, um, I found that, that the women had... Um, you know, it was funny when I was first discovering this, I was doing the research and I I was in my backyard and I'd um, jump up and, and say to my husband, wait, this is another thing that I found that they have in common. And, it, you know, it's true for my latest person as well. And, you know, I just, I got uh-huh. very excited about it. And um, so I had, I found five traits that I ended up um, deciding that I saw running through their biographies, all of them. Um, They had a very traditional upbringing and um, were sort of wedded to this uh, traditional way of looking at life. You might call Mm -hmm. it a patriarchal way of looking at life where, you know, for example, a husband um, can cheat and if he's a powerful man and that's just something a man does. they had reasons to seek security, uh, a lot of them, both both emotional and financial. For mm-hmm. example, um, Eleanor Roosevelt, both her parents were dead by the time she was 11. And um, she always was someone who was looking for um, security. 
Um, they had a personal sense of patriotism. Uh, so, for so they wanted, you know, they had ideas for what they'd like to change as far as public policy. Um, they felt responsible for the family's emotional health. The the women did. And um, they had an ambition to build a legacy for themselves and themselves as a couple, mm -hmm. also for their children. All right. Um, with that, did you do you think any of them had pre-agreed to the open relationships? I think that there's evidence that um, a couple of them. I mean, we dealt with the, the Kennedys a minute ago, but um, I think it's pretty clear that, that Hillary knew that Bill was that kind of a guy mm -hmm. um, before they got married. Um, maybe she hoped that when he became president, he wouldn't continue doing that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, definitely, um, I think that uh, Anthony Weiner and Huma Abedin, that that right. she had reason to suspect that he, um, you know, did this sexting thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and Melania, definitely, they broke up for a while when they were dating um, because he was had gone back to um, seeing a, a former girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And then they obviously got back together. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think the wives, in some cases, had a pretty good idea that that they were marrying a guy who who wasn't going to be faithful do you think any of them had already come to the agreement to keep it out of the you know keep it out of the public eye and later on had to and that's why they put up such a staunch defense of their marriage like we saw out of hillary and her stand by your man bullcrap mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, I think Donald Trump became a lot more discreet mm -hmm. after he married Melania. Yeah. Um, I, What's you know, your problem I know. with that arrangement with them two? What do you think is actually going on there? Because we know like Jackie went and lived her own life most of the time while he was in office. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that later on after her, after um, his crossing, his assassination, she continued on doing a lot of the things. She was one of those, I'll call the white queen president, first ladies. She wasn't at home much. She wasn't, you know, doing much political stuff and just stepped out when she had to. Jackie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, she took summers riding in Virginia at the ranch and this type of thing. Yeah, but I think also um, that when she got into office, this protocol, mm -hmm. head of protocol or something came to her and said, uh, you know, you've got to do these teas and the luncheons. Mm -hmm. And she was like, well, I'll fit them in if I can. But you know what? My kids are the important thing to me. And, and they were little. Yeah, they so. were. You mm -hmm. know, and, you know, she done a lot with her children. She also restricted a lot of the press. What you see with raising children? Because they've all had children. Mm -hmm. They did. And, and I thought that um, one of the things that I was committed to when I 
first decided to do this book is, you know, as journalists, we were always focusing on the men and rightly so. These are the the elected officials. They're the people that, um, you know, hold a position of public trust. But um, we sort of ignored the women mm-hmm. and they were always in the picture. And yeah. um, I felt as though, you know, that, that these women had... Um, actual lives and educations and mm-hmm. um so i i tried to write about um each couple how they were raised what their attitudes were mm-hmm. uh, toward marriage and fidelity and and um then also to you know write about them as parents and and mm-hmm. how you know first uh, i wrote about how they met and then what their scandal, what their, mm-hmm. you know, was, and then how it affected the children. Because I, I felt like we should look at these people, not just as, or the women, not just as a prop standing there, you know, right. next to the husband, but I mean, these are moms. And so mm-hmm. that plays into their decisions. It does. It plays into a lot of their decisions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's other people making decisions for them. Like mm-hmm. that's something I think the normal housewife doesn't have is right. the right. political advisors, the right. social advi- social media advisors. Now, I mean, their team has gone <laughs> up from one person that knows every newspaper or writer to, you know, can give a call and say, Hey, kill this to social media managers and bios and interviews and all this. Mm-hmm. Who do you think has done it best? Well, I would have to say that um, probably the Vitters. I think they they um, really um, shut down the conversation about uh, mm-hmm. he was he was a, a senator from Louisiana, U.S. senator, and mm-hmm. his name was found among um, the papers of a woman who was known as the D.C. Madam. Mm-hmm. And so he had been, you know, frequenting her uh, establishments, working girls or yeah, sex workers is the new right. term, I think. The new term is the st- is working girls or accountants. Um, <laughs> I just say establishments that way we at least stay somewhere in the genre. But right, you know we. So he got caught doing this, right? And then uh, the couple apparently you know like went into the house for like three days and Mm then um silence you know and then they came out and had a press conference Mm -hmm. and they talked to um they they addressed the issue then and and uh said you know um yeah david uh um went and and uh was a customer of this DC madam and um and then Wendy sort of pulled that's uh his wife pulled this sort of Louisiana good old girl type of thing and said now I hope you people are gonna let us you you in the press are gonna let us have a nice summer and not gonna pester us and and let us have our family time they have four children mm-hmm. and um so and and after that, if anybody brought it up again, I mean, David was reelected to the uh, Senate. 
He uh -huh. ran for governor, but didn't win. And now he's uh, in private life as a lobbyist. Mm -hmm. And um, whenever anybody would mention it again, this incident, they would just say, well, you know, we already addressed that at that press conference. Mm -hmm. Which they didn't address. But what do you think went on in that house for those three days? Oh, my gosh. Recriminations, arguments, throwing things, maybe. I don't know. Uh -huh. See, I always think the ones that are quiet and, you know, look very good, look good for the cameras. When the cameras go off, they're like, I'm getting a new car. I want this. I want that. I expect this. I think you do find that the women in these situations have a lot more leverage after the scandal. Mm -hmm. And especially... Um, Probably Eleanor Roosevelt is a really good example. She um, began writing a six-day-a-week newspaper column. Mm -hmm. um, she wanted to comfort the American people because those were such hard times economically right. and with the war. I wish she hadn't wrote her cookbook. She what? I wish she had not wrote her cookbook. Does she have a cookbook? She had a cookbook put out. <laughs> I feel really bad for her because she couldn't cook. Like she, part of her negotiations is we will always have a cook. Oh, really? That should have been part of her negotiations. Oh, it should have been. <laughs> uh, it, it was just terrible. But she also is the reason that we have the national highway system. Really? She got pissed at him in Washington and took off in a car and was going through these terrible back roads traveling around <laughs> and she's like uh-uh get back hey you need to go build some roads and i want wildflowers down the center of them how funny yeah and she you know did a ton of other things after mm -hmm. that she she visited poor people and mm -hmm. and um brought their stories back to the White House and argued for social programs and mm -hmm. was, was part of the, the New Deal. Yeah. And yeah. and was a representative to the UN, I think mm -hmm. when it first started, she helped write the Declaration of, of Human Rights. Right. I mean, she was a real amazing leader. But I do think that it came out of her um disappointment in her marriage and she just thought well, I guess I, I'm going to put my energies elsewhere. Right. You know, or I have to stand because he ain't standing. He's laying down too much. Mm. We see a lot of that with Hillary Clinton. Because mm. if you remember during the dress incident, right after that, she took on human health, uh, children's health care and rewrote mm. the health care plan. So do you think the incident sparks them to step out on their own? I don't know, because she was in charge of um, health policy when Bill first got into the White House. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of people were didn't want her to be. <laughs> a lot of people didn't want her to do a lot of things because they just came out of the Reagan era. Nancy wasn't too busy in the White House. Unless, you know, the past year and a half when she was president. Yeah. <laughs> and she, but she, she did it in a way that was acceptable 
Mm -hmm. um, in terms of the rules of the patriarchy that uh -huh. she was, you know, she always had Ron out front and she was sort of in the background. Mm -hmm. I think if you, if you don't do that as a woman, you face a lot more criticism. I think so. I mm. think so. Um, that's a book I'd like to say. The, <laughs> the first ladies that have actually been president. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, because there's Dorothy Madison for a while was president. Mm -hmm. Nancy Reagan, for sure. I just read a good one about um, Lady Bird Johnson. Oh, really? What'd you learn? Um, that she was really uh, an iron-fisted backroom person. She, um, you know, would punish the people that went against her husband's um, policies. And really, yeah, how'd she punish them? I think I'm not sure. I'm going to remember the exact mm -hmm. ways, but she you know, got them fired. <laughs> she terminated them. Yeah, I think so. Um, so what's your thoughts on our, late, our latest first lady? Jill Melania. Biden. No, Melania. Melania. Yeah. Because um, Jill looks to be a working pro first lady. Like, you know, she's in the office there three days a week, if that, and if not, mm -hmm. call her on her cell. Yeah, um, Melania and Donald, I think, you know, you mentioned that, that you feel like they have sort of a contract and mm -hmm. that's what their marriage is. I think, you know, Donald, um, it was a third marriage. I think he's not as starry-eyed about marriage Mm -hmm. And um, he's he is a deal maker, and so I think that there is like a sense of the you know transactional quality to their marriage. Mm -hmm. um, well, because he got handed it with the first two. Like this is the only one that he's had a prenup with, I believe. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, um, sure we know that. that he has a prenup. We don't know the details of the prenup. Um, but I think he might have had one with Ivana as well. I don't think so, because she had to sue him for the mm -hmm. casino and stuff. Mm -hmm. They had it with the, um, I always forget her name. She's in the middle. Marla Maples. Marla Maples. May have had a prenup there, because she didn't walk out with much. Mm. Yeah, I think... Um, you know, I think even Melania addressed this one time. Someone said something about um, how much she gets in the marriage and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that she married somebody who had a lot of wealth and blah, 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 something else. And she said, yeah, but look what he gets. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> I think there is definitely a sense that each of them brought something to the marriage and... Mm -hmm. um, they're, I think they're both deal makers. Oh, yeah. I think they're very much hard business people. And sat down and said, all right, 
I need this, you need this. Mm -hmm. I want this, you give me this. You know, like, I think that, you know, when she had to move to the White House, he had to go back and renegotiate with her about what she would get there. Mm -hmm. That gave her a lot of leverage. Yeah. I mean, he needed a first lady to come okay. down. And, and, you know, he's an unconventional guy. He probably would have, who knows, done right. just fine without a first lady. I don't know. But um, at that point, you know, it was, it was a, a very good thing for him to have his family there with him. Hmm. What do you think about Anthea Weiner's wife? What went on there? What do you think went on there behind doors? What did you find out? How was he different? Well, um, I think they were, you know, they're a couple that had been in politics almost their entire adult lives. Mm -hmm. um, Anthony was the youngest um, person elected to New York City Council ever. I think it, it, age 27 and um, then became a congressman and um, Huma went from, she got an internship with Hillary's um, office mm -hmm. in, in DC right out of college. Mm -hmm. And I think the two of them were very, um, you know, they would strategize and, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure they had that much of a sense of what regular people go through or think about mm -hmm. people outside of politics. And um, when they, uh, Anthony had to quit um, Congress over his, one of his sexting mm -hmm. scandals, he uh, sent a picture of himself in his undershorts to all of his Twitter followers by mistake. Oh, I think he sent something more so on private and got caught with it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like we never got the full record of his phone. And then, you know, a couple years later, they have a baby now and, they, and, and he decides to run for mayor of New York City. And there's some evidence that he had continued to do the sexting that mm -hmm. Huma kind of knew about it and they knew that it might come out, you know, as a, a tail on the campaign trail. And they right. decided to do the campaign anyway, uh -huh. which I think was a little bit reckless. I think it and was then, a little bit reckless and miscalculating. <laughs> um, yeah. And they, they thought, well, we can handle it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, I think, I think that was stupid. Do you yeah. think? Do you think he got a vase upside the head from Uma on the <laughs> second attempt? <laughs> well, there's a there's a um, documentary called Wiener. Uh huh. He invited a, a film crew to to follow him around, and you get to see a little bit of the conversation they had um, after a woman named Sydney Leathers came out and said she had been sexting with Anthony. I'm sure one of the other candidates, you know, mm -hmm. dug her up and brought her to New York. So she mm -hmm. could talk about that because Anthony was a front runner at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, 
And you can see the two of them talking about, okay, now how are we going to deal with this? What are we going to say when we go out in front of the press? Mm-hmm. And so you see a little bit of their, you know, their sort of um, strategizing. And I think, to me, it's it seems like two people who've been in the political arena for a realm while too long, and it's all uh-huh. calculation, and it's you know. Right. But what's the marriage there, do you think, at that Mm. point? What's going on in their marriage then? Is it more of a co-businessship partnership? Or do you feel like there's actually still love there? Yeah, I think they loved each other. And I think that that Huma didn't necessarily see the sexting as cheating. Mm -hmm. But then he um, sexted with the son in the room. Uh Uh-huh. I think and, that would have been a problem. Yeah, I think and that then, was. Didn't he go into jail? I think he mentioned that the the boy was a chick magnet or something. Yeah, that would have done it for me. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, he did go to jail. He um, was caught sexting with a fifteen year old girl, so underage, which is mm-hmm. a crime, and. Um, in in the course of investigating this, the FBI looked at his laptop and his wife's laptop, and then um, James Comey reopened the investigation into Hillary's emails days before the uh-huh. election, and uh, you know all of that was mixed up together. Right. And um, do you think that was an after that he was according to Wikipedia. I'm sorry, my A-L-E-X-A is speaking to me now. How did that happen? Alexa, stop. It commonly (laughs) happens on the show. (laughs) Um, Do you think that that was an internal political move to bring up, to kind of quiet down what was going on with him? Which move was internal? Opening up the emails on Hillary Clinton again. Oh, gosh. I think that Comey, you know, felt like he had to, that he had shut it down that summer. And now he felt as though, um, you know, from everything I've read, that he wanted to be full disclosure Mm -hmm. with the American people. But his timing was... Interesting. I mean, we have a, a, at that time, uh, was he a senator? He wasn't a senator anymore, but he was running for office. Going up for Anthony? Yeah. Wiener. Yeah. He was a private citizen at the time. Right. I just find it interesting that one calls the, one quieted the news on the other. I'm like, someone's got to be playing ball here. Yeah. So what do you think about Hillary? Is she done with politicism? Mm, I think so. Um, she's got a book out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the thriller, I think it's called State of Terror. Mm-hmm. And uh, with Louise Penny. And I attended a um, an online discussion with the two of them last uh-huh. month. Um, put on by Pen America. And... Um, 
they, you know, she seemed very, um, she seemed content. She seemed like she, you know, was reveling in her friendship with Louise Penny and other um, mm -hmm. people. Uh, she, she's a grandma. Right. Um, she seemed, you know, I think she'll always be sort of a, um, someone that, that people consult. She's got mm -hmm. this amazing biography a mm -hmm. lot of experience um and a good so, political mind yeah because out of all of them i think she played probably the best hand really in what way um and she was able to deal with the situation they've moved on she's made sure he, he gets you know a you know dnc's on everybody that he deals with so that they can't reveal anything and she went on to you know almost and it's debate on on everything and it's still up in debate to become pro first you know to replace him in office mm -hmm. yeah. i mean because we yeah i think it was a really um disappointing loss for her though in 2016 and um i think that she still carried some of the baggage mm -hmm. from that from I the marriage hurt by him mm -hmm. politically yeah which i, I think, think they thought did. would have been dead yeah i think that um you know i think people feel as though they didn't understand her decision making and um that that led to a feeling that they couldn't trust her Mm-hmm. Do you think that he was a burden for her during the campaign? I think that they, wasn't there some talk about how he was going out and speaking on her behalf and it wasn't working very well? Yeah. Yeah. But he's never been a good speaker. Like he has to have a script. Whereas Bill? I think, yeah, I think Bill has to have a script. Hmm. Whereas I think Hillary can just be thrown a mic and she can start talking. Hmm. Yeah, I think um he's supposed to be pretty charming though. Mm-hmm. So what did you learn from all these women? Hmm. I ended up admiring them more than I thought I would really? when I first started out. Yeah. I don't know. It's really hard to see, read about someone else, read about their lives and um, imagine yourself in their situation. And um, you never know, you know, before you're in it yourself, how you're going to react. But I think that, um, they showed a lot of um, grit, mm -hmm. and uh, that was uh, admirable. They showed a lot of um, uh, determination to have things come out well for their children. Mm -hmm. So I admired a lot of those qualities that I that I came across. These are 
strong women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which husband would you, in their place, put in the ground? Put in the ground? Yeah, killed over their cheating. <laughs> um, let's see. I got to look at my list here. Um. Well, I'm not a fan of um, how JFK was just so running around with yeah. everybody. Right. Do you think and, that um, he ever spoke to any of his mistresses and had a discussion about, look, my house, my rules, change the seats before you leave? <laughs> um. And I think, you know, I'm not uh, an Anthony Weiner fan. Yeah. I think I'd have to put him in the ground. Mm. I um, covered him a little bit when I was a reporter, and he um, didn't like what I wrote, and he called up and yelled at me. Oh, you must have done a good job. (laughs) He dialed back like four times and said, you're incompetent, incompetent. So I've never really had a thing for Anthony. You know, I see that behavior with somebody else. Bill Cosby. (laughs) Really? Yeah, he um, took on, it's very famous that he took on Wendy Williams and almost got her fired over Mm. some of the things she was saying that has now come out as fact. Mm. So whatever you were covering there, it's kind of like, hmm, two birds of a feather acting like they're together. (laughs) Yeah, I was writing about his uh, campaign fundraising and whether he could use money that he raised for a federal office and uh-huh. whether he could use it for to run for mayor. Yeah. Well, and here's the other debate on that is, and this is a problem we've had here with one of our representatives. Did he write his cell phone bill off? Hmm. For yeah, you know, know. campaign expense. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's uh, yeah. Not sure. I know yeah. Donald Trump writes off a lot of his uh, campaign expenses. Uh huh. Especially for his accountants. Mm-hmm. And their trips and all that. Mm-hmm. It's probably very smart. But yeah, I don't know. I there is still a lot from that presidency that I think is yet to be revealed. I think mm-hmm. that's going to end up being another Kennedy situation. You know, 20 years down the line, we figure out this, this, and this was going on, and this, this, and mm-hmm. this was going on. Mm-hmm. Do you see that contract ever being discharged between him and Melania? Hmm. Well, I'm not sure I see a reason why it would be. Does either one of them want to marry someone else? I doubt it. Doubt um, it. They probably have all the freedom that they want, you know, within the current contract. Probably. As far as I could see. Well, <laughs> you, know? you know, there's been a debate on whether that she was waiting for the child to turn 18. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And that may be the end of her contract or, you know, or she was going to renegotiate or something to that effect. So there's been a lot of debate with that. 
Um, who did it the worst, in your opinion? Like, they didn't negotiate a contract well. They didn't get anything done right. Like, they just handled it terribly. Well, I think probably... Um... I think probably the Wiener family. The Wiener, yeah. Um, do you think there's a life? He just for her? kept coming up and coming up. He mm -hmm. had to quit Congress. Then he had the you know disastrous mayoral run, mm -hmm. and he's. I, I mean, you know, we've got tabloid newspapers in New York, and so it's it's hard to get any anything past them and but he he would show up on the cover of the papers you know mm -hmm. people leaked more uh, pictures and stories about him and and you know so it's just dribs and drabs all the time i i think if if you're going to have a disastrous story about yourself you sort of want to get through it and put it behind you and this one just kept coming up and coming up mm -hmm. um do you think there's a life for her now that she's divorced him in the political arena maybe i mean that's what i think about when she had a book come out this mm -hmm. month really yeah she wrote about her life i think it's called both and and um she writes about being um you know having grown up muslim and um her dad was uh, wrote a, a journal about um, Muslims. I think he was in Saudi Arabia and um, a, sort of a um, academic journal. Mm -hmm. And uh, she helped out with that. And so she was really deep in that world of considering you know, what it means to be Muslim and, and live in the modern world. Her her parents, she was born here. Her parents right. were um, studying in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And then they went back to... Um, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think the American people is ready to see that political people have a sex life? Yeah. I think that, you know, the, the, the Trump's just, you know, sort of blew me away with the, um, the fact that Donald had so much come out about him in terms of that, uh, excess Hollywood tape where he bragged about grabbing mm -hmm. women and kissing them. And, um, and, uh, then subsequent to that, he had a, bunch of women say he had assaulted them or uh you know harassed them and for that not to have mattered in his election i mm -hmm. mean to to enough people right because he got elected um to me that was really shocking yeah. i thought you know, like we talked about Andrew Cuomo and, and his allegations, he had to quit um, as governor. And, oh. you know, but Donald Trump gets away with it. Right. Doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Right. 
Um, because like right now, the judicial board, and I believe it's either Kansas or Wisconsin, is having to review um, whether the uh, it is okay for a judge. And the situation was the judge and the wife are swingers. And the judge, one of their swinging compliments, hooked up with a wife of a, of the another swinging couple outside of the swinging situation. The husband got mad and took it to the judicial review board over the text <laughs> messages. So now the ju the judicial review board is having to figure out if it is against ju uh, judge just behavioral to send uh, dick pics even if they're consensual dick pics. And I'm like, if he was a senator, a mayor of either a, even a two-light district, this would be making more news. <laughs> What's your thoughts? Well, I do think that, that people have a right to um, have a sex life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and... Um, I don't know about, yeah, I mean, a judge, that's a, a position of trust. Mm -hmm. You want someone who's who's got good judgment, right? Judge. Right. Would hope. <laughs> so, yeah, and um, family law judge. So that's even a little mm, more like, mm, is that really, really important stuff, you want, yeah. uh, you know, you know, your, you know, Friday night hookup show up in divorce court on Monday and go, mm -hmm. oh, I know you judge, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, so that's where they're all weighing into this. Yeah, I think that's where all these questions come out. It's not really sex. It's um, judgment. It's lying. It's, um, mm -hmm. you know, can we trust this person? Right. So what's your next book? <laughs> well, um, having just started this new job, I feel sort of sucked into the, um, you know, all of all of the challenges that accompany that. And they're fun challenges. I'm really enjoying it. Cool. But um, the other idea I had was came out of this research, which um, one of this Roosevelt's kids, um, Elliot, tried to have his fourth wife committed to um, to an, a mental asylum, and she was having a lot of uh, nervous breakdown type um, symptoms at the time. But he also wanted to take her money. And he wanted to marry wife number five. Oh and so it was sort of an abuse. And, and the woman, uh, Minowa Bell was her um, name. She um, found out what he was doing and, and prevented it. Uh -huh. And um, her papers are um, available. I'm uh -huh. in the process of trying to get those. Um, so I thought maybe that uh, it would be a good story about how um, rich people abused the um, involuntary um, commitment rules, laws, and uh, 
my sister has a story too. She lives in Virginia and she had done some um, research uh, on the history of local history. They were in Charlottesville and mm -hmm. um, there was a, a couple, um, uh, two brothers and one of them had the other one committed. And mm -hmm. then um, he got out and he wrote a book called Who's Crazy Now? Uh -huh. <laughs> Just thought. That'll be interesting. <laughs> These stories are kind of. I mean, you know, Britney Spears is just four days free from what many believe was an improper um, conservatorship. And mm -hmm. there's a mm -hmm. lot of people that that situation is bringing to light that it's been going on for, you know, years. Hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, the abuse of the system like that, mm -hmm. it's, it makes for good stories um, and a sense, you know, a sense of um, this isn't just or fair. Mm -hmm. and that, and people always like to read about right. those things, I think. Right. Well, what are you like writing about? You know, you cover a lot of political now. You're covering the business world. Mm -hmm. What do you enjoy writing? What's your fun write? Mm. Well, I'm working on a um, an essay about um, you know we're we're talking a lot about um, how disrespect in the workplace and um, that uh, you know everybody talks about microaggressions now and um sexual harassment there's stories all the time and another story coming out and um my uh argument in this essay is to say that um you know that the the social contract and 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 people are quitting their jobs in record numbers right right and so i'm trying i'm saying that there's a uh, there's a little more to it than just um what we're able to put our finger on in terms of sexual harassment or mm -hmm. microaggressions or you know i think that there's there needs to be um just more respect for the contract between employers and employees when you go to work, you're, you know, you're there to, to trade your, um, your time for money, but you shouldn't have to be humiliated. You shouldn't have to, you know, none of this. I think that, that if, if anybody's like, you know, if it's a mystery to anybody, why people would quit their jobs, it's the, it's just this lack, lack of respect. Well, it's not only a lack of respect. I think it's a it's a disconnection because a lot mm -hmm. of CEOs, a lot of executives, have no idea what their warehouse people do, or their mm -hmm. printer people, or their support people. They have no clue how to do that job, mm -hmm. but they're making decisions about it. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's another good point. You know, they have. You know, and I think that that is a big disconnect that we see nowadays, because if we go back 40, 50 years, most people in power started at the bottom rung and worked their way up. Mm -hmm. 
and knew every job around there. I mean, if we look at it, um, one of the stories that I've always been impressed with is the founder of Walmart. Every day he was in a store. Every day he was stocking or talking to stockmen or doing this or doing that, but he's the CEO. He mm-hmm. knew every store and at least one employee's name in every store. We don't see that out hmm. of CEOs. Mm-mm. And it's like, we don't see, I, I don't see a lot of people writing about our dragon ladies. Like who? Like the lady that um, was the CEO for Yahoo and is no longer there, the CEO of YouTube the female CEOs, how they're shown in such a different light. Nobody writes about that. No one talks about that. Um, or the devil, you know, some people call it the devil wears Prada effect. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so unjust, unfair. It's that and we're not writing about them? We're not sharing their stories, how they got there. What choices do they have to make differently than their male CEOs? Mm-hmm. What choices they've made differently because they're women? Yeah. It's a good question. Maybe you know, that'll be my next book. That'd be interesting. That'd <laughs> be interesting. Um, because I think that, and, and your book really brings it out. Um, women may have to make different decisions than men. Mm-hmm. You know, we have our vice you know female vice dude now no one's really Mm -hmm. covering him yeah no one's really talking about him as much as we have seen coming out of you know when they we've had other vice president ladies what they're doing where they're doing it's like where's the balance there yeah and you know it just um I don't know. It's it's so easy to take a woman like Kamala Harris and and hold her up and have her become the punching bag for people who disagree with her politically. Mm-hmm. And I see it again and again. The the women are vilified, mm-hmm. and it's just really um, disheartening. It is. It's very disheartening. If she becomes first president, first female president, and let's say a scandal would come out about first dude, do you think it would be as hard as it was as it was on Hillary? Who reeled the heck out of Hillary? You mean if if Kamala was was cheating and and uh-huh. he asked whether um, it's Doug, right? Yeah. I, think, I don't know. Literally, that's the level of reporting we've had here. <laughs> Whether he would stay with her. Uh-huh. And would he be grilled for his choices? Would he what? Be grilled for his choices. Yep. I think um, she wouldn't last very long if she were cheating and she were the first woman president. Really? No, I think um, that 
that would be sort of a, a deal breaker for a, a female politician. Mm -hmm. Um, do you think Nancy Pelosi has had some of this edu this political education? You think that what that she um, she's she sleeps around? No, I don't think she sleeps around. I think the husband had for a very long time slept around. Her husband? Uh huh. Oh, I don't know about that. I think it's been very guarded. I think there she has had to make those choices also. Mm, interesting. And she's the one in office. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, I don't think they get coverage. True. Nor do I think that their, their husbands are used as props that often. No, definitely not. You know, we don't even know Vice Dude's name. Doug Emhoff. Ah. <laughs> right. You know, common conversation, it doesn't pop to mind. No. What about Joe, what about Joe Biden? What contracts do you think that uh, he had to make for her to be first late to go, okay, we'll do this? Hmm. What trade-offs? Because we see that she's still teaching. Like, first lady is her second job. Yeah, but he was in um, office when she met him. Mm -hmm. It's not like she didn't know what she was getting into. Right. With a political husband. Right. So maybe she she thought that life would be um, exciting, fun. Mm -hmm. I like that she's continued to, to teach um that is a really great uh, example for um, many, many American women. Right. I think it's a great example that just because your husband gets a promotion, you don't have to quit your job. <laughs> like we have seen with all the other first ladies. Yeah. You know, stop practicing law. Um, the Bush uh, wives stopped doing their stuff. Because, like, one was a very successful attorney. She had to stop being practicing. The Obamas, Mrs. Obama, stopped practicing law. Well, I think, um, you know, uh, Jill Biden has said that, that she, she likes what she does. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool, you know, to have, uh, to not just be the, the and, and I think, you know, it's great to be a wife, but um, to have also that other um, identity as mm -hmm. a working person. Mm -hmm. And not just the social life. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the Rose Garden will be put back to where it belonged? Oh, I don't know about the Rose Garden. What? <laughs> what's the deal with that? Melania destroying the Rose Garden, Jackie's Rose Garden. Mm. Oh, she thought about it being, you know, that she was going to be there for another eight years. So she redone the Rose Garden. Hmm. And it's I like, guess she, I guess she thought they were going to win again. Yeah. Maybe they'll go back, right? Isn't he going to run? I hope not. 
because we almost destroyed this country. Mm-hmm. Very close to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was an extraordinary thing to right. live through. Yeah. Hmm. What's been your favorite part of journalism? Hmm. I love um, meeting the people I have, um, being able to go and ask the questions, mm-hmm. um, learn about the world, how it works, see it through other people's eyes, mm-hmm. um, hear, you know, how they're thinking. Um, I just really, really enjoy that um, being a student of Mm-hmm. humans <laughs> that's a fun fun education there what's been your hardest interview mm. well i did meet um a young man on the floor of the uh democratic convention in 2004 uh-huh. Uh, Barack Obama. Uh-huh. And I was trying to get something out of him, and he was very close-mouthed. Uh-huh. His um, opponent for um, U.S. Senate, his opponent had just sort of um, melted down. There had been a discovery that he took his wife to see um, strip strip clubs, Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so I was trying to quiz, um, Obama about, oh, your, your chances are pretty good now that you, you know, you're going to win the election. And he was so careful. It's like, uh-huh. well, you know, it won't, you know, won't, um, we won't know until it, it's been Duh. done. And <laughs> like, yeah. oh, come on, let loose a little. But no, he was very serious mm-hmm. and careful. Who's the harder negotiator in that marriage, do you think, Michelle or him? Who's who's the, the hardest negotiator? Oh, I've heard Michelle is really tough. Ah, very mm-hmm. interesting. Very interesting. So what has been your Barbara Walters moment in your career? Where people revealed something to me? that you didn't even see coming um hmm. i guess probably um when i interviewed mr rogers Uh uh-huh and um he did the x the owl um voice for me Uh (laughs) uh-huh how cool yeah he was great Okay. He was, um, I didn't know it at the time, he was terminally ill. Oh, wow. I found out later, but um, he was a sweetheart. Yeah, he was very amazing. He's done a lot of, I think he influenced a lot of us. Mm, definitely. Yeah, I think he influenced a lot of behavior, a lot of thoughts. I think he's one of those ones that's left an echo. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, I was like, well, you know, why did you end up with this TV show and entertaining children? And, and 
I mean, it just really all just came out of his own passions in life. He just, TV was new and he mm -hmm. wanted to play around with it. And, and he always had uh, wanted to um, comfort children who, um, you know, might feel alone mm -hmm. and, and not know how to deal with their feelings. Mm -hmm. um, and I think and he's the first one to start acknowledging children having feelings. I know, I know. Yeah. Um, it just really just sort of sprung from his, you know, who he was as a person. Very and how, you know, how wonderful to like put together this thing that no one had, had considered before. And, and he just, uh, it was um, very original, I guess. Mm -hmm. Very, very original. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think we've seen much creativity like his for a very long time. Because I'm sorry, I have nephews and nieces and I see the television they program to children now. And I'm like, oh, I remember that. Yeah, that was an episode of this, and, the, and it's a lot with TV that way. Hmm. Yeah, repetition. So you're an editor now. Is this mm -hmm. your first time taking the editor's chair, or? Um, you know, I've done some editing, but this one is really um, particularly fun because I have three reporters um, mm -hmm. reporting to me. One is the political reporter, mm -hmm. and... Um, and one covers tourism, hospitality, restaurants, which is a big deal in New York. Right. Obviously. Obviously. I mean, it's most of y'all's income. Yeah. It's made in the city. And the other, uh, he just started. So, um, uh -huh. he, and I think he's going to cover arts and climate change. So. Ooh, that'll be some very interesting ones. Mm-hmm. And it's just... Um, just really um, fun to follow them along with the stories they're getting and um, tinker with them. Mm -hmm. I like, like to, I like to rewrite stuff and, you know, just, um, it just feels like um, maybe like cooking does to some people. It's just really mm -hmm. uh, feels creative and, and, uh, something i i i know how to do and so mm -hmm. yeah so have you figured out what you're going to say when you get that political person or that restaurant calling you and going you can't run this you can't run this um yeah i've gotten those calls my entire career oh okay you just send them the voicemail <laughs> no i just you know just uh, lay down the law. Uh huh. What's the hardest thing about being in the press? It's really hard lately to have people. Um, uh, I have a sort of a folksy story about it. I guess it's it's hard to have people constantly talking about how the press can't be trusted. Um. When I was in a, I was in a book club when I lived in Pittsburgh and um, my kids were really little and they were all women and we read a book um, by Bernard, I'm going to forget his last name. It was called Bias 
Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, it was all about the press being, you know, twisting stories so that they could get their own spin on things. And, mm-hmm. and all the women in my book club were like, oh, those press people are so evil. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm right here, you know, and, and you know me. And mm-hmm. I'm really just trying to do a good job. And sometimes my humanity comes in and I make mistakes mm-hmm. or I, you know, assume something or, you know. Right. And and I I was so disheartened and frustrated by that conversation and i just feel like it's metastasized (laughs) and well uh, i feel like it has but at the same time when we look back i'm a history buff so i like to go back and read stuff we have really tame news nowadays Hmm. if you go back and look at like some of the reporting from the 17 and 1800s our reporters i'm sorry you guys need a little bit of sentiment and a little bit of hot sauce poured on you Yeah. You know, and then we went through the 40s and the 50s where everything got quiet and tame. Mm. And now we got people going, you're doing fake news. And it's like, no, it's not creative writing class again. This is here. Matter of fact, here's the video. We see a lot of like the writing, some of these court cases coming out. We're sitting there watching it and then reading the news. And it's like, they're the same. Mm-hmm. I do think that we've lost a connection with our reporters, though. What do you mean? Like, if you look at the American Society during the, um, oh, what was his CBS News dude? His voice is famous. Good evening. Welcome to CBS News. There was that personal connection there. Walter Cronkite. Walter Cronkite. Barbara Walters, there's that personal connection. Everyone feels like they know Barbara Walters. Yeah. I think as that we've lost that with our reporters because your bot lines have gotten down to a headshot and a tweet. Mm. You know, I always liked um, the community reporting when I would go out and and, uh, attend the planning board meetings and the Mm-hmm. I, I started in Massachusetts and we had the selectmen was the former government and um, we'd have town meeting once mm-hmm. a year and vote on stuff. Right. And I loved um, watching that um, process. I loved the the d- democracy of it mm-hmm. and the discussion and, and that people cared and they would show up and, um, mm-hmm. And that I could, you know, if if I wrote about somebody, I'd have to face them. Mm-hmm. Uh, when and, I say, yeah, and yeah. Um, and they could come up and and tell me if they didn't like it, and they did. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if people would come up and say, "I attended the same meeting you did, and I that what I read in the paper wasn't." what i saw at all and you know just mm-hmm. you know perspective. oh my gosh but i liked that people felt that sense of ownership of the person mm-hmm. the local person who was covering mm-hmm. the news yeah you know and you know i think that, that we lose that a lot mm-hmm. i think we've lost that 
when yeah. I think that with the age of social media, now you can literally subscribe and follow and get connected in with these people mm -hmm. and really get to know, have more of a view of their perspective. Do I think the news is biased? No. Do I think there are some news stations that should be shut down? Yes. Fox News, bye-bye. <laughs> what is it? The Daily Beast or whatever should be like stuck beside the Inquirer. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know where they're getting their stuff. There are a lot of um, trusted voices emerging, though. Mm -hmm. Like, um, isn't that the Substack? Is that the name of the service that um, puts out um well who do i follow heather cox richardson mm -hmm. she's pretty good and um there are other people you can you know you can just follow them and um you know over time i think you get a sense of whether you can trust them mm -hmm. and uh i like that that people have to build that trust with readers yeah i think it's good mm -hmm. um how do you see journalism changing? Well, I feel just heart sick about how we've lost so many local news outlets. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think um, the cynic in me thinks that local governments will be able to get away with anything. Oh, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> and that's very bad. And also, um, but I also think that um, having that touch, you know, that, that mm -hmm. those relationships um, between community members and, and local reporters, mm -hmm. that that's really healthy. And, um, and, and that if you don't have people writing about local issues, it's it's a an opportunity missed for um the community to be involved i think that it's an opportunity missed i also think that it allows these um baby political people that maybe shouldn't be in it to pull off some huge stunts in between mm -hmm. it because they aren't checked um there's a reason the press is mentioned in the con in the constitution that's because we need it mm -hmm. and it can be really expensive if yeah governments are left unchecked with all right. their spending power and right and i always see reporters that report on the political world or on especially the political world that they're kind of like um reporting on my company telling giving me you know the quarterly stock report mm -hmm. about what my employees are doing mm -hmm. you know and i think that's a view that we need to get back mm -hmm. yeah i think you know a lot of people my age got into journalism because of watergate oh yeah and um so you know that was sort of just a clarion call for how important it is to keep an eye on the people in power right and the backroom deals mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that have occurred and continue to occur and continue to get ignored. Mm -hmm. Okay. So where can more people find your writings? Spell it um, out for our podcast listeners. 
Um, my website is annemichaud.com. So it's A-N-N-E-M-I-C-H-A-U-D.com. And um, my past journalism stuff is uh, on there and, and uh, my book. There are links to purchase it if you are so inclined. Mm -hmm. And you can hit contact up, up there and, and uh, send me an email. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, I'm happy to respond. I, uh, I enjoy the interaction. So awesome. And the new paper you're editing for cranes, New York business. Uh -huh. And of course they have a website and an app. So mm -hmm. you can go see, you know, they her update work. Mm -hmm. yep. And we're, we're doing good stories. We've in the, um, Two weeks, two weeks, two and a half weeks I've been there. Uh -huh. The New York Times has had to follow our stories twice. Well, that's impressive. Mm -hmm. well, that's very impressive. Um, and, you know, that's really big because, you know, the New York Times is a big magazine up there. But they're really disconnected a lot of times with New York. Like, I subscribe to the New York Times. I also subscribe to the Washington Post. Mm -hmm. The New York Times has a lot of AP stuff, and I'm like, where's your reporters? Mm -hmm. Why are you just copying the AP article? Yep. Yep. So congratulations on your new position. Come back when the next book comes out. We'll have a cup of coffee and talk about it. That sounds great. Okay. All right, darling. Bye, darling. Good luck to you. Thank Good you. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get Joe in here in the seat. Yay. Hello, darlings. How are you? Oh, pretty good. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, I thought I was just going to sit here and knock a few things out while sitting on standby. And uh, yeah, it's been fun. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, because I actually had a client. <laughs> <laughs> while I was waiting in standby mm -hmm. um, that w popped in with a computer problem. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, I was I was sitting here like I've got like one client's project open. I'm remoting into another client's machine. I'm watching the live stream and checking the comments. And I'm just like, okay. Nobody bopping boop for me. I did. I did. Um Bashit Mudisiru was blocked. Yeah. Bibbidi bobbidi boom. Booped. Yeah, we yep. unfortunately we don't do the segment switches when I have authors on. No, the show has been on for over uh, thirteen years. Yeah, well, all totaled, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's been a while. But yeah, Ashley has some questions. Well, Ash's mother-in-law has some questions. Then Ashley has a question. Mm -hmm. um, but no, it's not our first. Well, I don't know. How long has it been that we've been on here? Um, that, that we've been doing actual uh, podcasting or, or uh, not, uh, you know what I mean? Video. Right. Is what I'm trying to get Let out of me Go look, actually. Oh, oh, oh. Ashley got confused by your anniversary post. Yes, that is actually yeah. a show that's coming up this Sunday. It will be the anniversary of the Psychic Coffee Shop. Mm -hmm. 
we came out. I'm gonna blog talk. <laughs> how long we have been on? It's a very long time. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, it's not the first one. <laughs> uh, oh no. What is it like the twentieth anniversary? No, no, it's not that many, is it? Right. No. Like yeah. the show can't drink yet. Um, no, the show can't drink. Um, my keen career, my keen account can get a learner's permit. Yeah, uh, your 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 keen anniversary. Like you have a lot of anniversaries this I month. Do can we point in that November. Out? November so is yeah, the anniversary year for me. Yes, month. Yeah, so it's 15 years on Keen. Uh-huh. Just hit that milestone. That was last weekend. This coming weekend, um, you're hitting, on the 21st, you're hitting um, the Psychic Coffee Shop anniversary, mm-hmm. which, um, waiting for you to get in there on Blog Talk, figure out how yeah, far back that goes. deleted our account, finally. <gasps> what? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh no! Oh no! Did we lose to history? How long you've been on air? No, we've not lost to history because I can go okay. and check it elsewhere. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, oh. Mm. Eh. Block talk was just my quick and easy. Yeah, that would be quick and easy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, no. So, no, it's been a fun day. I've fought printers today. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm filling time while you're pulling that. But no, I've... Pardon? That's fun, darling. Oh, okay. But no, I've been fighting printers today. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, let me tell you, the... the I... I have, for the longest time, had a love affair with Brother Printers Mm -hmm. um, because they were typically one of the more reliable printers. They were like they were good workhorses Mm -hmm. Um, and they from a managed like printer management standpoint, like HPs have always been the bane of my existence. They can be the most fickle machines I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, like w- they will connect to virtually anything and print from virtually anything. Like you could print from, you know, a toaster probably, mm-hmm. um, on an HP printer because, and there's reasons for that. They're a little technical, but they can be super fickle right? about you. You have to do this this way and you have to do this this way. And then the printer itself usually requires a fair amount of maintenance. Right. Um, like they 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 kind of like HP printers break down a fair amount. Right. Um, like and they're not quiet or polite about it. Right. Um, so I've always had that that HP bane of my existence thing going on. I really loved brother printers. Mm-hmm. I really got into them. They the biggest complaint I had for the longest time was watch out for their ink jets because they constantly clean themselves. So if you leave that power on, it will scare the hell out of you in the middle of the night mm-hmm. because they don't clean cl- the inkjet brother printers have never cleaned quietly. 
It's right. not that cute little cannon, like, v, 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 just this little airy sound. It's this hardcore, like, rah, 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 kind of thing that in the middle of the night, in like a dead silent house, um, will scare the bejesus out of you and wake you up because it sounds like someone's running a garbage disposal. Right. Um, because it's that aggressive with cleaning and it, it's a little scary. Um, but, and that was my biggest complaint for the longest time. And I don't know what happened, but in the last couple of firmware releases, um, and it, it's kind of a few different things in the last few firmware releases over the last couple of years and coupled with like, um, some some wonky Windows updates and additionally some changes in Wi-Fi, especially mm-hmm. like if you're connecting those printers via Wi-Fi, they have become just as aggravating as HPs, if not more so, because really? there's no real clear answer. Right. Like, okay, what the hell is the problem, and how the f- do I fix it mm-hmm. and make it stay happy? Um, so yeah, that's where I ended up with a client today. It was, it was kind of crazy. Um, so we, we took that printer down and we, we went with a different, uh, totally different printer, um, that they actually happened to already have. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, like Epson, can we just talk about your little, like your, your iconography and your color coding? Mm-hmm. Because giving me a, a Wi-Fi icon that is pale gray and that, that means disconnected and a pale blue connected icon, like they're literally the same icon in two different colors, really flipping confusing. Mm-hmm. Because I thought this printer, like, I had connected, it downloaded firmware. I thought it came back online and reconnected. So I went and was trying to get it set up. And I, it took me two and a half hours of sitting there going, I don't know what the hell is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, because it kept telling me in the software, cannot find printer, cannot find printer. I've rebooted everything. And then I finally got the bright idea. Okay, we're going to go print the settings, the the network settings on this printer, and we're going to figure this out. And that's when I see it in black and white on paper. Mm -hmm. Connection status disconnected. Mm -hmm. Are you flipping kidding me? Right. Like, and I'm looking at it and I'm like, I honestly cannot tell the difference on that because it's a post, it's a workforce, by the way, this little tiny workforce printer has this like screen that is like no bigger than this. It's barely bigger than a postage stamp where all of this is being displayed, you know, the, the connection status and information and, you know, instructions and all this. It's this little, t- like, I've had cell phones with bigger screens. Right. Um, old school flip phone cell phones with bigger screens. Um, and it was dry. It drove me crazy. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, it, but once, 
connected. It set up beautifully. It was a very happy little printer and everything went wonderfully. And all I could do is look at this client and go, are you sure the office is not built upon an Indian burial ground? That's because I don't have a lot of explanations. They have, in, in just the short period of time they've been there, I have seen some of the wonkiest things in that building mm -hmm. um, with technology. And it's like, I, I, I could get totally behind. Like, something I can't corporeally see is fucking with shit. <laughs> okay. Seven from 21 is? Uh, seven from 21 is 14. Yes. So the podcast is 14 years old. All right, so 15 years on Keen, and then you were on Keen for like a year, and then uh -huh. you went, you know what would be cool? <laughs> well, no, I'm gonna before I was doing a show over on GGM Radio, um, mm. which, you know, I guest host a lot of times with uh, Amanda on Messengers of Light on GGM Radio, but before okay. that, they'd done a show called People Are Talking, um, okay. and I was doing that regularly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, was that after you started Keen or before Keen? Before Keen. Okay. So I've been probably podcasting and that type of thing for 20 some years. And then if we go into live chat streams and all that back to Yahoo days, we can go back to 2002. Oh, wow. Yeah. There you go. And actually, no, I'm, I know exactly what I dislike more and it's printers, not voice over IP. Like I've had my moment with voice over IP, but it was actually the representative from the company that sold us the, the phone system. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I'll put them on blast. It was a short tail phone system. Mm -hmm. Um, that, and I think even they knew That's how bad company. it was. Shortel is a pain in the ass. It has been a pain in the ass since the days when it was IRC. Uh, are you sure it's the same company? Yep. Okay. Um, but but now with the Shortel rep we had, uh huh. I think even the company knew how bad he was. Oh yeah. Um, because he he did not make it very long. Mm -hmm. But what killed me on him was he sat a server mm -hmm. up for our voice over IP phone system. This mm -hmm. was part of the contract. He's going to come in, set up the server, do all this, provision everything the first time. This is all supposed to run smooth. And technically it did. Um, I don't know. And, and granted, you got to go back. This has been a few years. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know who decided to cheap out. Mm -hmm. And it may have been our company. I, I I will freely admit that. It may have been our company that decided to cheap out on storage. Mm -hmm. But they cheaped out on storage. Right. Um, and it was this little, teeny, tiny, like 60 gig hard drive. Now, granted, in like a RAID array. Um, but it was 60 gigs of total storage. And he crammed Windows. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was a 40 gig um raid array that was the total storage was 40 gigs mm -hmm. he set up windows on a 
four gig uh, Windows Server edition, four gig <laughs> partition. Okay, guys, um, for, for those of you who don't know, that is the bare minimum mm-hmm. to install. Install, not use, install mm-hmm. Windows Server on back in the day. Mm-hmm. So what happened? Because, you know, this was all going great, well, fine, and good, but we didn't know some things because we didn't pay much attention and we weren't getting a lot of alerts from this server or any. So they ship out this CD of their updated Shortel server software. And I planned this evening to, to stay late after the entire business is shut down and upgrade our voice over IP phone system. Mm-hmm. And I put this disc in and I launch the update and it crashes in the middle of the update, uh, the installation part mm-hmm. and says not enough space. And I went, Oh, that's hilarious. Right. And I tried again. I figured okay, it's a glitch and this is not a short process. Uh, th- this is an actual very complex, like long installation. Um, and it does it again. And I finally get the intelligence to go look at what's our actual storage space and come to find out the server had maxed its Windows partition. Mm-hmm. It had quit installing security updates, Windows updates. It had quit installing everything right. because the hard drive was out of space. Mm-hmm. So in the middle of the night, <laughs> I got to call. And um, let my boss know that um, now I could not update our phone system and we would be spending at some future point a lovely evening reprovisioning our server. Mm -hmm. That's a moment. Like that ticked me off. Um, But other than that, like once we got through that hiccup, and I was ready to kill our rep. I was like, how could you do this to us? Um, and believe me, I blessed out the company. And I have to say that, and, and I find it hilarious now. Um, I did not in that moment find that funny at all. Right. So I was very terse <laughs> right. with what in the hell was our representative thinking. Right. Doing that. So, no, I honestly, though, even after that experience, I'll take voice over IP any day. Right. Um, oh, yeah. Working with Frontier and voice over IP lines drove me up the damn walls. Ashley, I can understand, and I think your bigger problem is Frontier. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that being a total nightmare. Yes. Oh, but no, printers, like, I want to know who designs the software for printers and why the hell we are working off of some, like, 1999 slash, like, circa, somewhere between 1999 and 2003 cell phone operating system inside a printer. Right. Because that's what it feels like every time. Yeah. I, like... (laughs) Why? Why are we using why are we using something that feels like a stupid cell phone operating system and a stupid screen that you wouldn't even put in a cell phone? 
Right. Like, you wouldn't even put that screen in a child's toy. Right. Why? Why is this our input-output method for these devices? Like, I don't get it. I really don't. Because parent companies don't want to innovate. You know, I, like... I get there's a price point of what people will pay, but anymore, some of these printers, it's like you get this, like you get the same crap on like a, a say $75 printer mm -hmm. as you do on like a like thousand dollar printer. All right. Um, because it's not like HP ever came out with a brilliant intelligent um, system either. No. And let me tell you, on some of those machines, you damn near need it. Right. Because there's just too much going on. But yeah, all right, so we're ready to take Ashley's mother-in-law? Yeah, we'll take Miss Mother-in-law first. All righty, so, um, so Ashley's mother-in-law, 929.71, is someone I'm involved with hacking my phone. Will Joshua and I end up married? Those are two very different questions. All right. First of the phone hacking. Nope. I feel like it's just the phone. Ooh. Yeah. It's a problem in general. It needs a reset. All okay. right. So Joshua and you ending up married. Well, there's a lot of choices and options with this one. Mm -hmm. um, I'll be honest. The answer is maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so they're still early enough on. We're not sure, or like this could go anyway. Yes. Yeah. Um, All righty. And then Ashley actually asks for herself eight twenty six ninety six. What's going on with my love life and marriage? All right. Let's take a look here. I think that there's a lot of problems with your love life and your marriage. You guys are still unbalanced. I feel like there's some things you just have to abandon. You guys keep dealing with all the issues that are dead. Leave them dead. Um, you guys have to get back into balance. You also have to get your money in line because I feel like the financial structures have been shook to the forearm. I do feel like there's a lot of emotional baggage that has to be dealt with. And then y'all two have to get your communication back down. Alrighty. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, so guys, it's been an interesting show. This is one of the books I really enjoyed reading. Um, of course, you know, I'm all into the gossip, the backroom deals husbands and wives make, and mm -hmm. how they have to deal with it in the public eye, because the public still sees the world as one man and one other being, or one woman and one other being. Well, and it, I like I couldn't help because I, I was backstage for this one. Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't help but having this moment of feeling like the biggest thing that seems to be missing is a cultural revolution um, towards like we've already had the one that the or, or the ones that are you know you you can you know have a same sex marriage. You can have, as general citizenry, mm -hmm. same-sex marriage, you can have, and that's perfectly socially acceptable, you can have, you know, a sex life that does not involve marriage or the same partner, you can have multiple partners, regardless of what your gender is, 
with some degree of like social acceptability minus some slut shaming but we don't seem to like we seem to be really stuck in this moral majority 1980s 1970s mm-hmm. mindset mm-hmm. for anyone in power anyone politically attached anyone who is you know in the judicial legal system mm-hmm. um teachers Mm-hmm. Um, like all of this, and it's starting to feel more like we're creating scandal out of like the world changed, but our expectation for these, this group of people didn't mm-hmm. more than we're actually paying attention to whether or not these actions mm-hmm. are inherently right, like morally wrong, ethically wrong, you know, irresponsible um as in like if if i can go out and do it and it's not illegal and generally you know my friends associates whatever you know people i work for people who would work for me wouldn't really give a shit Mm -hmm. um because it's not wrong right per se like Mm -hmm. you know whatever floats your boat man I'm wondering where we get this idea that we can keep doing this to others, right. like especially that short list of others that we deem to be in a position of trust. Right. And it's like, but what trust was violated? Exactly. What is it about this that makes them less of a role model, less of someone to look up to? Right. Like, I don't get it. Well, and then we have the whole question of why is that our damn business? That's my opinion. I Uh, think that's just like, that's, that's just human nature. Like, I'll just put it out there and be really rude. I think everyone has an interest in how everyone else fucking lives or lives fucking or fucking like everyone has that interest. You want to hear the weird and the wild and the nor abnormal and the different and the scandalous um in terms of just being able to get that insight that i think for some people that's how they even learn things exist Mm -hmm. that like oh my god i didn't even know that was a thing right and it's like yeah that's a thing like i get the feeling that there were a bunch of people who knew nothing about like the whole like urine play scene Mm-hmm. Until like the Donald Trump P tape thing popped up in the news. Right. And that was the first time they were like, what the hell? Uh-huh. And then someone's like, no, 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 that's actually a sexual thing. Right. Like there's it's a thing. It, like there are people who do this. This is a thing. This is what it involves. This is what. And I'm sure there are a few people going, I did not know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Probably not what they said, but if you boil it all down, right, that's what they said. Right. Um, was I did not know that was a thing. Yeah. So, I think there's a fair amount of that too. I think there is. I also think there's a fair amount of inquiring mm-hmm. where we're at, what we're doing, why we're doing it. Oh yeah. 
Wow. Sorry, I had to go look in Facebook to see when we first started and seeing some of our older ads. It's just shocking. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, are you in the Wayback Machine? No, I'm yeah. in the Facebook Machine, and it shows that our first post was in December of 2010. And I remember we had been on air before then. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Brenda says, if it exists, there is a kink for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, one of my favorite podcasts, and it's your fault you introduced me to him, <laughs> <laughs> um, is um, Savage Love and some of the things that he covers on his shows and in his articles. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, yes, Ashley, it's been a long damn time. Um, and yes, no, Savage Love, like, I got into Savage Love, and I have to say, it was a total accident, mm -hmm. um, because I kept confusing, um, because there's two Savages. Mm -hmm. There's Dan Savage, yay, and then there's, and now I've forgotten who the other one is. Um, one, one is the beloved, you know, uh, sex kink talk show host and the other one and columnist, um, and the other one was this very conservative, um, like anti-gay nightmare. Mm -hmm. I, and for a while they were both like head and head, like constantly in the news. Mm-hmm. And I kept getting the two crossed uh -huh. because I wasn't familiar enough uh -huh. with either of their work. And I went, okay, I've got to figure out one of these so that I can get it stuck in my head who they are. Mm -hmm. And like, this is a distinct human being so that I know that the other one is that idiot. Uh-huh. Um, because I kept getting really confused in conversations. Because uh -huh. someone would say something about Dan Savage, or someone would say something about what's his stupid name, Savage. Um, and I kept getting the two, like, I was very conflicted and confused because I kept thinking they were the same person. Uh -huh. Um, so yeah, I had to finally go find Dan Savage, read a bunch of his stuff, inadvertently fell in love with his concepts along the way. Uh -huh. <laughs> And was like, okay, well, one, that's pretty awesome. Now I know who Dan Savage is. And I'm like, everyone go over here. And uh, meanwhile, um, you know, got my distinction on the other one to the point that now I don't remember his stupid name because he's quit being relevant. Right. Gotta love how that works out, right? Right. And you gotta love how things happen. What, you know, how you get connected with people and i do love his stuff mm -hmm. like, there are stuff that i just find amazing that he's done um mm -hmm. a lot of his concepts i've used and a lot of his concepts we agree on well and some things a lot of what he does is often put things in words mm -hmm. like you know it you think it you you can't express it really like you could sit here and talk for like five hours Mm -hmm. And you could express the whole idea. Mm -hmm. But then he does really good with like, okay, let's find words to just like, this is what this is. Right. And like, you know, hi, we're going to put this in words for you so you can have a talking point. Right. Like somewhere to start from. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, like my favorite is price of admission. Right. And um, like if you don't know what that is, just Google Dan Savage and price of admission. It is so worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, as are you, and that'll make more sense if you go do that. Right. Um, but or if you know what that means, you got what that meant. Right. Um, because like that just instantly mm-hmm. can communicate with someone once they get what that means, like a whole series of like personal concepts, relationship concepts, and the fact that, you know, this is how some things have to work out. Right. And the concept is really simple and it's called price of admission. Right. And so, okay, I'll share it anyway. Um, It's this idea that in every relationship, um, the person that you're with has a cost of admission. Like if you want to go to the show, Mm -hmm. known as your partner, if you want to be part of the show, you have to pay a price. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of those are quick and easy and no one cares. And some of them are like, so you're going to have to put up with the following. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what you're going to pay to to be with this person. Is it worth it to you or not? You need to decide that. Mm-hmm. Um, because in some instances, these aren't behaviors or things, characteristics you're going to change about this person. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, because And putting that in an example that goes with the show, Hillary Clinton and a lot of these wives had a price of admission, which is his dick is going to go wandering. And at some point, you're going to have to put up with some shit. Mm-hmm. Because your stand by your man is not going to make sense to people, but you've made this choice. Right. Well, and you know, and well, not just this show, but relationships in general, everybody has a price mm-hmm. of admission. You know, oh, yeah. you know, our relationship is a key. It's real easy to see the price of my admission. <laughs> well, no, I think every like it's different for everyone, and there's a, and it's not like there's just one. Mm-hmm. Like it's it like there's some that people will see and will know about and will figure out, and you know, mm-hmm. and then there's other hidden ones that it's like you don't even want to know. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not like it's anything scandalous or exciting or whatever. It's just, you don't even want to know. Like, you know, like (laughs) there's some things you see and it's like, yeah, okay. He puts up with this. You're like, yep. Basically like, Mm -hmm. I think sometimes the worst thing in the world is the idea that tolerate Mm-hmm. tolerating people mm-hmm. is inherently a bad thing. Like I think in every relationship, there's just some shit you just tolerate. Right. Well, like you just go, you know what? I, I don't love it. Like, that's not why I love you, uh-huh. but I can tolerate it. Right. Well, like, like I can just, our yeah. first negotiations. Mine was my career comes first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a workaholic. Don't stand in my way. Yeah, like, well, and that's, that's like one that that is fairly common. Mm-hmm. Um, more so you get into like more very specific things. 
um, they, for some people can just be deal breakers or they can, they're very specific, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, look, I'm going to go spend, you know, X amount of money to do this. Right. And like, there's no negotiating it. Uh -huh. Like, this is how I spend my money. Uh huh. You're not going to change it. We're not going to argue about it. We're not going to alter it. Mm -hmm. This is the price of admission. You're either in or you're out. Right. You know, um, the toilet seat will never get put down. I think that's just the one that like all, basically all women have to deal with. Like, there's just no hope. Not just women, darling. Not just women. <laughs> Don't be getting gender specific about that issue. Okay. I think that's one that just, for people who can pee while standing, that's a price of admission. Uh-huh. Like, you just have to accept that and move on. Mm -hmm. Like, the toilet seat is not going uh, going to be put down and if it is found down, it's going to get wet. Mm -hmm. Like, and you're going to constantly have to cr uh, clean, like, the three-foot area around the toilet. Uh-huh. Um, known as the almost-made-it zone. Like, you just accept it. Just accept it. Just accept it. Mm -hmm. Move on. Like, you can get angry with this. You can argue this. You can yell about this. Or you can just accept this is the price of admission. Mm -hmm. Like if you and if you don't like it, if you absolutely hate it, then consider not. Right. Just like you know, there are people who do not pee while standing up. Mm -hmm. Um, and consider a relationship with one of them. Right. And or, it'll be okay for me. You know. Me without coffee is a national emergency. I expect all boyfriends hand on deck and fixing the situation before I wake up. Mm hmm Very much so. Don't and those aren't like those aren't even those aren't any, even really serious ones. Like but you can get into some. Yeah. That are like point blank. Like this dude is never gonna be able to do monogamy. Right. Like, just, like, again, kind of back to the show and sure. some of the things we're talking about. Is there's a moment you have to, like, be like, I'm either in or out. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the cost of admission. We can have a very happy life together that is not going to be monogamous. Mm -hmm. Like, our relationship just isn't going to do that. Right. Um, But I can, you know, and it, is it worth it? Right. Is it worth it? Like, can I just get over it? Right. Um, you know, is that really important to me? Is that really a deal breaker for me? Is that really a thing that I just cannot right. even tolerate in my life? Um, and it doesn't mean you have to be happy about it. It doesn't have to mean like you go pick out the person that they're cheating on you with. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you have to like be thrilled every time it happens. Right. Like, you know. But you also have to figure out, okay, but if you have to put up with that, what are your cost of admissions? Right. Like, because that's sometimes how that plays in two directions. Is like, yeah, you can go sleep with whoever you want, but I expect some jewelry. I expect some investments. I really like nice purses. I really want a second home. Mm -hmm. I really want this. Mm -hmm. I really want to make sure that I have my own career. Mm-hmm. 
and that you don't interfere with. Whatever it is, mm -hmm. something of value that maybe your partner would not necessarily be all on board with normally, you can trade. Yeah. Like, you, sometimes you just got to be willing to horse swap. Exactly. Oh, honey, we are the masters <laughs> of negotiation. We have negotiated a lot of things through our relationship. That's a Mountain Bears episode coming up. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Now, is this with the toilet seat specifically? No, this is oh, Ashley, okay. not Brenda. I know. I'm just, no, I mean, with Ashley, I'm asking, like, okay. Yeah. No, sometimes it's just something you have to sit there and decide, is this worth it? Like, can you, and you have to be honest about it. Like, you, you got to resist that impulse, and, and it is hard to be like, no, I'll be fine, I'll be fine, I'll be fine, I'll, I, you know, like anything for a relationship. No, you have to really sit there and go, is this going to do severe psychological damage to me mm -hmm. repetitively mm -hmm. occurring? Like, can you see yourself being able to find out about this and still cook dinner without, like, poison? Yeah. In a couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, so, okay. Um, I was just curious. I thought it was totally about the toilet seat because I know we've got a little bit of a delay, so I didn't know how far back that comment. Yeah. And so, no, okay. not. No, it's none of my business. No. Um, no, but Asa no, does not share details about his clients with the Joe. Not, and especially not that pointedly. It's not like, okay, I'll tell you what that comment was about after the show mm -hmm. where I can literally link together. Now yeah. I do occasionally get what would be called redacted information, mm -hmm. information like, oh my God, I'm dealing with a client going through X. And I feel why about it. And, you know, it really does Z to me, to them, to everyone involved. Right. Um, but I don't know, like, I will never, literally, I'm trying to think of anything you've ever told me where I could be like, that's you. Like, no, it's so far out of context, mm -hmm. like of what, who, you know, for me to ever identify someone and be like, oh, you're the one. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just don't do that. Um, but no, negotiations are highly important in relationships and they're continual ones. Yeah. You know, we have an anniversary where we sit down and discuss every year changes in the relationship and what we need to renegotiate in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Well, and then there's also some people that you will get into a relationship with or can. They are out there. There is no negotiation. It's mm -hmm. their way or the highway. And you also have to under like figure out, is it worth it? Like, that's sure. the price of admission right there mm -hmm. is you are never getting your way. Right. You're just going to show up and follow orders and do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. For some people, that's a deal breaker. There's a lot of people that's a deal breaker. Yeah. Um, I'm one of them. Like, no negotiation. Like, mm, that's called I'm going to be negotiating with my fist, then my feet. Right. Because I'm going to get mad. I know this about myself. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to try to, like... 
I'm going to try to argue. I'm going to try to negotiate, but I already know that that's not going to work. And I'm going to get stuck in this, like constantly trying to the point that I would get so frustrated that it's going to be like, if you won't listen to reason, there's always Tawanda. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to get pissed. Right. And then bad things will happen. And I will look really bad for a hot minute. Mm -hmm. And I know that. So it's like, no, 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 non-negotiation people, not good for me. Right. Like, I can't do that. <laughs> like, I can let someone have their way and be like, okay, I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't agree. Mm -hmm. But all right, go do that. And we'll see what comes of it. Right. Um, You know, like, okay. But there's sometimes it's like, no, 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 no. We're having a come to Jesus. This is not occurring. Mm -hmm. this is not going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, like this will become a deal breaker right here, right now, unless we can negotiate it out. Right. And, so, you know, negotiation, that's what people don't realize. Negotiation is a, it's not, you know, well, he gets half his way. I, no, it's, I get this issue. You get this issue. Here's an example. I get my happy planner. I He, he doesn't question me what I buy for my happy planner, how I use my happy planner. And I don't tell him he has to plan in a happy planner. Yeah. Well, and let me pause. That doesn't mean that every time he says, I'm going to Hobby Lobby to buy hat or, you know, Joann's or wherever uh -huh. to buy happy planner stuff. My first thought is, okay, honey, sometimes it really is. I'm just sitting there like, fuck again. Uh -huh. Like, how much are you going to spend this month on a goddamn planner? But I keep my mouth shut because I'm like, this makes his life better. We benefit from it. It is good for him. He could be buying like meth. Right. You know, like this is, these are things that go through my head and I mean it legitimately. And I also sometimes have to take a moment of, I don't really understand this for him. Mm -hmm. But then again, there are some purchases I make or, you know, whatever that I know you've got to be sitting there like, I don't know why the fuck you're buying that, but okay, fine, whatever. Like, it's not worth an argument. Like, yeah. like it's 20 bucks. Why do I care? It's exactly. it's 50 bucks. It makes him happy. Right. Get over it. Yeah, cheaper than his jewelry and car wants. Exactly, exactly, Brenda. Like, you know. Yeah, but every time I redo my planner, my bottom line goes up. It does. And like, we've had to have that conversation because there, there have literally been moments I'm like, what are you doing? Uh-huh. Like, I, I'm seeing a lot of outlay. <laughs> like, I'm not mad, but I'm seeing a lot of outlay on happy planner stuff. Uh -huh. And I'm trying to figure out what you're doing because now it's not even that I'm upset. I'm just going, I don't understand. Can you make it all make sense to me? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that's still negotiation. That's still a conversation. That's me coming in. It's like, I'm going to go in here open-minded and yes, I, you're probably going to get your way on it mm -hmm. just because this is a thing for him and it makes him happy. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that and it may, it, as in literally it makes his life run better, which in turn makes him happy. And so, okay, fine. It's not math. Um, you know, it's, it's like, it's not harming him. It, it's not killing us financially. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not like we're like it's not like we're happy planner, po- uh, you know, rich mm-hmm. and like food poor. Right. Like we're not there. Um, like, and I've like I've seen couples that hit that point with like especially hobbies, mm-hmm. where no, there's a legitimate need to be like no, 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 this stops now. Yeah. Um, back in the day. I had a friend who was telling me about the situation with her brother and his wife, and she got into scrapbooking. Mm-hmm. And, like, tell me you have a problem without telling me you have a problem. You got into scrapbooking, you maxed out a credit card on scrapbooking supplies. You covertly took out a second credit card without telling your spouse. You didn't pay utilities to support your scrapbooking habit. You talked him into financing a vehicle to haul your scrapbooking supplies. That was the, like, he had bought a Suburban for his wife before he knew how bad all of it was. That it wasn't just like, okay, she's spending a few hundred bucks a month on scrapbooking and okay, it makes her happy and life's great. You know, happy wife, happy life. He's suddenly finding out that they're like, you know, a hundred and some thousand dollars in debt. Mm Mm-hmm. Because she is taking money out of, like, she's juggling the bills and, like, putting money towards the credit card to then spend more money mm-hmm. and then get her limit increased. And she's making minimum payments on everything. And he's suddenly finding out they're like $100,000 in debt, yeah. all related to scrapbooking crap. That, right. like, she's hiding it at her mother's, she's hiding it in the attic. She's, you know, like there is scrapbooking crap everywhere. Uh huh. What was she? I'm sorry. Okay, because Happy Planner does have an element of scrapbook to it. Mm-hmm. I work for the functional side. I just cannot believe that you would have that much. It kicked off like a hoarding mm-hmm. complex for her. Mm-hmm. Is what it did. That's that's what happened. Is it became addictive. Mm-hmm. Like she got so into like page embellishments mm-hmm. and then being fearful that she wouldn't have enough to do a future project or that they wouldn't make it or they wouldn't be selling it, that she would first buy it on impulse and then buy a lot of it on impulse in case she wanted to use a lot of it. And it, it just, it kept ballooning because everything she saw, she wanted. Uh-huh. And so she's spending uh, like, you know, like three bucks here and four bucks there and five bucks there and three bucks here and four bucks there. And then it needs a tote. And then, you know, another four and another three and another five and another three and another tote and another three. Like it just kept escalating and going and going and going before anyone even realized how bad. Mm hmm this had gotten that she, yeah, she was creating scrapbook pages and she made beautiful pages and they were, you know, gorgeous. Um, she was really good at this, 
but it kicked something in her head mm-hmm. that was purely addictive. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was like, girl, you need therapy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what this is like coping for you, mm-hmm. but it's bad and it needs help because mm-hmm. your husband's about to leave you. Right. Because this is so far out of hand. Y'all have utilities about to get shut off. Right. Like he's finding out like, you know, cause she ran the finances that y'all are hundreds of thousands, like a hundred thousand dollars in debt. And like the savings is gone. Like, you know, everything's a wreck. Right. Yeah. That isn't my happy plan. Oh yeah. She could scrapbook for the whole family, neighborhood, town, probably a county mm-hmm. with the amount of stuff she bought. Yeah. And it was all because like, she just, it, this got out of control for her. It's, it hit a place mm-hmm. and it scratched an itch somewhere to, to cope for something else. Mm-hmm. And it was instant and it blew like ballooned within like a year. Before he even realized it went from like, oh, I'm taking a scrapbooking class to holy shit. Yeah. You could have a gambling problem and it would have cost less. Right. Like you could have developed a drug addiction and like wrecked a vehicle and like, you know, gotten a you know DUI and it would have been less expensive and less damaging. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the level of problem. And it's like, it's so innocent sounding. It's fucking scrapbooking. Right. Like, how do you, like, and there was that moment. It's like, how do you get this far in? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I don't remember. Like, what is there, like, a granny scrapbook pusher? Like, hey, 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 you want to buy some embellishments, girl? Like, I know, I see you, you're Jonesin. Like, there's not a granny scrapbook pusher. Right. But, you know, and this is the thing <clears throat> that with me is it the it's taken me a while to, one, find my system. Two, I'm starting to develop my system to work on my brain mm-hmm. because, you know, my brain works differently. But with Happy Planner, it allows me to break things down. But, you know, I ain't buying a new planner every three months or having 14 planners running for the 14 projects I'm going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, because mostly scrapbooking there for a while, and this is back when when she got into this, it was a bunch of little old ladies. Mm -hmm. Like, is you know, it was, well, I say little old ladies, not necessarily. There was that original, like, early to, like, late 90s, early 2000s scrapbooking thing. Mm -hmm. um, That was mostly, like, you know, your local hobby lobby joanne's fabric whatever had a little group and it was a bunch of little gray haired or soon to be gray haired women who got together their kids are at least in college they've got a bunch of baby photos and they've got grandkids coming along and you know they're they're wanting to you know save memories and do this thing And this, like, somehow something about this, and I never did find out what, Mm -hmm. um, and I've always been curious about it, is, like, what the hell this did in her brain. Like, it fed something. Right. And it became a monster. 
-hmm. And I'm like, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, you know, people worry about drugs. They worry about, you know, alcohol. They worry about gambling. They worry about like, and at the time, like sex addiction and, you know, all these things. And it's like scrapbooking. Like you have to be worried about scrapbooking that you can be that obsessive with something that you can buy at like a Hobby Lobby from, you know, <laughs> like what? Well, and that happens a lot of times, but it's different things. Like, yeah, I'm very into about planning. I'm very into planning. There will be videos on YouTube of my new planning system as soon as I, when I set up December, I think I'll shoot the video of the planning system I put together for me that works for my brain. Um, mm -hmm. I don't see anyone doing it. Um, but it is a thing that if I put it into my planner, I know I can <clears> do it. It keeps mm -hmm. me focused and not running around with, uh, what was I supposed to cook for dinner? What the hell did I plan to cook for dinner? Shit. What did he say he wanted Thursday? It, it gives me brain space. Yeah. But people do get very addicted to these little things, and it's because they get into a brain space of trying to alleviate something. For me, it's repetitive thought and thinking and mm -hmm. memory. You know, I'm going in and out of Alpha 40 times. Right. Now, well, uh, yeah, and it's all in one place. Mm -hmm. um, but here's the thing for me, and this is where I keep processing his, like, I would call it more of a dependence. Mm -hmm. Like if we're going to use addiction language, mm -hmm. I, I would call it more of a dependence on happy planner. Mm -hmm. Like he has never woken up and been like, Oh my God, it's fucking payday. My payday just hit. The bank just ran my deposit. The store opened. Well, actually you have, but um, you've been like, I got to go to Hobby Lobby. You have done that, but it's never been at like, you know, $1,000 went in and immediately $1,000 came out and then there's a separate credit card transaction and like, okay, honey, that's great. I'm, I'm glad you're happy with your happy planner stuff. Um, how do we eat this week? How are we paying the utilities? Never, how never are we doing this? Um, that's where I draw the line. Like there's dependence. Mm -hmm. Like he uses this, it performs a function and is very valuable in his life and it allows him to do other things. Mm -hmm. that's dependence addiction is when this overrides like self-preservation right like at all costs are you gonna get this because that's addressing an uh, a different need mm -hmm. um and, than a dependence right um it's all in, in the thing you know for me is yeah i'm up there for when the new releases come out especially mm -hmm. if the product that i have had to make like a happy planner page i've been having to make out of a happy mm -hmm. planner and they come out with it oh yeah i'm gonna be pissed when my joanne's doesn't get it for a fucking month um yeah but that's the like this is a thing i need and use and and want and i would like take my fucking money right save me time make my life easier give me the thing that i'm already doing mm -hmm. the hard way mm-hmm like, and I get that, and I'm cool with that. And it's yeah, there's like, been moments I've woke up out of bed. Now, granted, you got to remember, Ace and wakes up normally <laughs> around three in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Or it's, you know, I'm waiting for the store to open at nine, and it's because something has drastically changed 
my fucking planner is shit, and I've got to replan out everything else. Mm-hmm. And I'm cool with that. I'm cool yeah. with that. I get that. I understand that. Um, now, a moment. well, yeah, it, it, there's been a few moments and I've told you this is that like, I've been sitting there and you've been like, uh, you know, it's, it's like eight, like, you know, you're, you're like jonesing at seven as I would call it. Um, <laughs> you're like sitting there like, what time do they open again? And it's like, they open at like nine mm-hmm. um, or whatever time they actually open. Right. But it's like they open at nine and you're like, okay, I'm going to stay up and I'm going to leave here at 830. So I'll be there the minute the door opens. I'm buying this, 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 and this. And, you know, hopefully nothing else. Um, <laughs> and I go, yeah, that's cute. Um, you know. <laughs> right. And it's like I, I immediately have that moment of, yeah, it's probably going to be a $70 trip to Hobby Lobby or Joann's or Michael's or like mm-hmm. wherever you're going. Right. Um, but you know, like fine, whatever. But I'm also sitting there processing this could be worse. Yeah. One, this could be worse. Two, we can afford it. It's not gonna like not pay the power bill to do this. Yep. Um yes, someone else that uses jonesing, my friends are like, What? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it believe me, it was a word I grew up with. Um, because my family talks about things like that. Like be, we can get a little obsessive about our hobbies. Mm-hmm. And that's something I have to watch with myself is that I can end up going down that path of I'm buying a lot of stuff that I'm not going to use, but I think I'll use in the future for this thing that I'm doing, but I'm not ready for this yet, but I'm going to buy it anyway. Right. Um, and I, I try to watch very carefully with my hobbies that if I'm do, if I start doing that, that I know, okay, you got to shut this down. Mm -hmm. You, you got to stop, pump the brakes, pump the brakes, or this could get out of hand. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've seen it happen. Um, there's a fair amount of ADD and ADHD in my family. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of hyper-focus as well. Mm-hmm. And it means that I have family members that are phenomenal, like in like a million different things. But it means that the duration that the focus lasts is like, and it can cause a lot of like spending on things that are very specific to like this one thing. Mm-hmm. They do an amazing things with it. Mm-hmm. And then in like a month, it's something totally different and all that stuff is just like gathering dust. Right. Because they're over here doing this and then they'll do that for a month and buy everything for it. And then a month later, it's something totally different. Right. And so I've learned like, you got to know when to pump the brakes and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm trying to go way too professional on something I'm not sure I'm going to still be doing in like a couple of weeks, a couple of months. And I'm planning projects like six, 12, 18 months in the future. Right. Like mm, pump the brakes. If I can't buy thin, I'm sure I can buy something better later. Right. It'll um, be okay. Exactly. And you know, that's why with me and happy planner, I buy things for projects. I mm-hmm. buy a dashboard for a dashboard project. I buy, a vertical planner for a vertical project. 
but I'm, I don't do a lot. And I'm, I'm really starting to get into the insert packs because I can buy an insert pack, do the project. And I don't have an extra planner that I've got laying around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'll say from my own life experience, like I'll put myself out there. I've before I got to the point of thinking like that, mm-hmm. I've had that moment. I've been jonesing to mm-hmm. go spend money like that paycheck hits and it like, you know, the store opens at eight. I'm standing at the door at eight oh one. Like, why aren't you open yet? And I need to go spend like a thousand dollars. And I like I've made that mistake. I have screwed that mistake up. I have screwed myself with that mistake more than once. Ooh, and um, done so horribly. Mika, which divider tabs do you need? I'll tell yeah, you we have to get. <laughs> There's a lot of people that is them at tax time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to really think about what you're spending. And also realize the stores know this. This is not an uncommon behavior. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people like debt collections. Hi, Mm -hmm. debt collections used to be in that industry. Mm -hmm. They target letters for tax refund season. That's what we called it. Tax refund season. Mm-hmm. You knew that the holidays were fucked. No one pays their bills at the holidays. They just rack them up. Right. Um, and everyone's maxed out by the first of the year. Then, you know, between somewhere in that, that line between, you know, um, effectively March 1st and um, April 15th, everyone's getting their tax re- uh, refunds. that's when they send settlement offers. Mm -hmm. That Um, is the one time a year your average person can potentially have a check between $1,000 and $3,500 off the top, easy, Um, depending upon family size and how bad you are at filling out your W-2. Like Um, these, Mika? Or do you need side tabs? Because if you're need, if you're liking these, these are Happy Planner, um, and they're great. They come in packs of three. Mm-hmm. If you're wanting side tabs, I got to look at the company, but they actually come in a. Um, it's that new off brand of Happy Planner of Happy Planner. It's Perkins or whatever. What? <sighs> Not they're, the Arc or the. No, these are the ones that are down the aisle on Joanne's. Oh, I can't even remember. I don't like their paper, but I like their tabs. Like, that's the only thing I bought from them that I'm enjoying. Oh. Okay. Cannot remember. It starts with a P. Trying to remember, but I have no idea. Park Lane? Park Lane. Okay. Park Lane. Okay. Yeah, it's Park Lane and their divider tabs are the ones that attach to paper. Like Mm -hmm. these. These are Park Lane. They're gold. They're gorgeous. They come in their accessory pack. 
Oh, so they're literally just the tabs. Yeah. And they glue on like yeah. they yeah. to the page mm -hmm. or to whatever you want to put them on. Right. Like you could find really nice paper you like and put the tabs on it. Right. Cool. Yeah. I really oh. like them, but unfortunately it's in the, it's in one of their packs. Mm-hmm. Because uh, remember, I bought that Celestial pack for their notepads, and it was in there, and it was really surprising me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I remember that now. That's yeah. been a little. That's been a minute. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, no. So Ashley has a question, and yes, they are nice. Um, and I will say the other thing you found that's really flipping useful. Um, talk about 30 bucks that we have not regretted a single bet. Um, is the label maker. Yeah. I the really little, love my little label maker. Yeah. It, it's the, like a little brother, like it has the full keyboard that you put the cassette of labels in like old school label maker. Like that thing has come in so flipping handy for you. Um, for putting and uh, like covering over and relabeling stuff and like especially for the tabs. Yeah. Especially for the tabs because it actually sticks. Yes. Because that's the biggest problem is they give you paper labels for those tabs and um, spoiler alert. They don't. They stick. won't stick to the tab. Yeah. <laughs> they never stick to the tab. <laughs> mm -hmm. Looking at it, Ashley, I feel you do, but I feel like you guys have to negotiate out. Um, I think that you got to decide what are old issues, what are new issues, and divide them out. <laughs> Ashley says, first time I saw a label maker, I was amazed. I used it for everything, even things I didn't need labels. Same, same, We're same. getting ready to label a lot of stuff in this house because one of my spendicity things is when people don't put things where they belong. <laughs> oh, but yeah. No, they're like, I've always appreciated a label maker. Mm -hmm. Like, I've... Like I, my first label maker was an old school rotating punch. Mm -hmm. And then my next one was one of the very first, it looked like the, uh, oh, what are they? The, the point of sale, uh, or the inventory control units. Um, it looked like one of those, um, I had it like I had, I don't know how many of those, um, I'm hard on the label maker. Like there's something about spending $20 on something that doesn't, and especially that, that I, it doesn't make me very like cautious with it. <laughs> like I'll just throw it, you know, just like uh, out of my way, um, you know, and then go spend another 20 bucks. Like I wasn't gonna buy more. Uh -huh. Um, you know, I like, I never had a problem with that. Right. It's like, just spend it. It's worth it. But no, I'm very happy with my label maker. I had to convince myself to buy it. Because, you know, you can do that on the printer. But no, I love being able to just beep, 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 done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we have an actual thermal label printer. Um, mm -hmm. And love it. It does a lot of things. But he he's still a little, like, you know, caveman to fire. 
Um, on like, I don't know how to make it happy and like, I don't want to tear it up and, uh, because I think you'll kill me. And, um, yeah, no, the main reason I have a problem with that one is that is not network. It is hooked to yeah. your computer. I don't oh, like, yeah. there are things in our relationships that <laughs> we do not bother each other's tablet, phone. Yeah or computer yep. without yep. supervision or at least a clear idea like what are you doing yeah and like no that's your thing that's it like you know here's yeah. your window yeah. um like because no i and i will say that um was one that was an easy negotiation for us by the mm -hmm. way um for me, it was probably the bigger deal, though. No. Um, well, no, I think it may have been. Like, here's my thing, and, and the reason it was such a big deal for me mm -hmm. is I had an ex that was the world's worst for, like, I'm going to go through and read every single email in your email account. I'm going to go through every file on your computer. I'm going to, you know, check every IM chat conversation you got going. I'm going to log into websites that you, you know, I'm going to go through every single thing in your life. Mm -hmm. And then turn around and like start asking questions. And okay, I get it. If you're like sitting there looking at things that are current. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, we are together in this relationship and this is co-occurring. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about we got into arguments over things that happened like five years before we met. Yeah. See. And I'm like, no, not even no. Like, I don't think that's an appropriate argument. I don't think, I think that's just like driving your own self crazy. Well, my view is... Mm -hmm. No, I do not need to be in your crap. I need something from your crap. You can go get it for me. Yeah. Well, see, like, I've never done that to a single one of my exes. I have never gone through any of my exes stuff. I don't. I, I keep saying it, and, and I know the sentence bothers you every time I say it because it's not exactly accurate, what I'm saying, is I don't care. And that's really probably the most inaccurate way of saying it is I'm just like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Mm -hmm. I figure any relationship that is it, it, like, here's my thing. Any relationship that is in trouble has never been made better mm -hmm. by going through someone else's stuff and arguing over it. They're either going to stay or they're going to leave. They're mm -hmm. going to get it out of their system or they're going to leave. Mm -hmm. One of the two, nothing I'm going to do in response to anything I sit there and read and find out and read a lot into and get myself you know, all worked up to have an argument about mm -hmm. or feel bad about, that's not going to help me. Right. And I've, as weird as this sounds... I go into every relationship going, I hope it works out. Mm -hmm. I do. Or I hope that I'm whatever you needed 
like the reason that we got together, you get that thing that you needed from me mm-hmm. to go on to whatever better thing awaits you. Right. Like I will be very proud if that's all I am is a stepping stone. I hope I helped you along your way. Um, you know, I, I'm not I like I just can't I can't see people trying to hold on to people that are like one already doing things that are one foot out the door. Mm-hmm. And I have never, ever, ever seen anyone who finds out someone's one foot out the door that ever did anything to pull both feet back in. Right. Everything they have done usually pushes them harder out the door. And it's ugly and it's painful and it hurts. Right. And all you do is end up with exes that you hate. Well, is what I think. This, this is right. like totally me. This has been like my interpretation of everything I've seen. Right. Is that this is why people have exes they hate. Right. Is because usually, and I'm not saying there aren't just horrible people and you have mm-hmm. every right to hate those exes, but I'm saying that a lot of people have a lot of anger and animosity towards their ex. And it all roots back to finding out something your ex didn't want you to know in the first place. Right. While they were already one foot out the door. And really, it could have all been way calmer. Right. You could have just been like, you know what? That's how that went. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, But none of my business, you know, like you can read some of, you know, if, one, I have too many clients. Like, my yeah. information for my clients is highly private. Like, mm-hmm. I don't store my clients' phone numbers in my phone. Under their actual name. Right. Uh, am I even under my actual name yet? Only because you put it into the phone. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm Like, he's not kidding. No one's in there. They are in there by names he knows. Mm-hmm. And things that will alert him to who you are. But I can't just pick up his phone and be like, what's Ashley Guest's contact information? Right. I can't do that. I cannot find Brenda Bryant in his phone. You don't exist. No. On his phone. You do. Like, if you do, you do. Mm-hmm. But you're not in there like that. No. It's like its own magical little system, and it's like <laughs> crazy G lady. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, none of his are insulting. No, I will say that. No, okay, almost none of them are insulting. I think you have one, and that's a client you no longer talk to. That might be a little insulting. No, um, they've been removed from the from my phone. They've list. been removed entirely at this point. Yeah. Like you had one that, that popped up there for a hot minute that was like, okay, that's an interesting one, honey. Uh-huh. Like I've seen a, a few of yours pop up. Again, they pop up. I don't have a clue. Um, Like, I don't know who they are, actually. I just know that I see it yeah. Um, sometimes, you know, in the course of life. I don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, But like most of them are very generic. And, like, it's enough to tell him who you are, but not enough to tell anyone else anything about you, even. Right. Like, it's not, like, that crazy bitch or that, you know, stupid what? Like, none of them are insulting. Except for you once upon a time had one, and that was because you were so done with that client. Mm-hmm. 
like you were beyond done. Like she had abused you every which way from Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so for a while, they oh. they were the only one that popped up that was like, honey, <laughs> that's different. Right. But like, here's an example. And I had to go and look and see how I have it stored. Miss North Carolina. Okay. So now you've outed yourself. You're Miss North Carolina. Uh-huh. Well, way to go. Yeah. There she is, Miss North Carolina. Right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, Ashley. Um, if you're buying a turkey, Thanksgiving is on next Thursday. If mm-hmm. you're buying a turkey that is fr- that is not fresh, meaning it's not frozen at all, you buy that turkey on Sunday and you keep it in the refrigerator in a nice mixture. Um, and then that in a nice brine for those cooking turkey on Thursday. When I really think you should cook it Wednesday night and reheat it on Thursday, you will mm-hmm. put your turkey for Sunday night. Yeah. Yeah, make sure you get your turkey pulled in time. Yep. And otherwise, it doesn't matter when you start cooking it. It won't be done on Thanksgiving. No, it won't. And it won't be edible at all by the time you get a frozen bird fully cooked through to the center to appropriate internal temperature, which is. Come on, honey. Degrees. Yes. Um, so yeah, by the time you get it there, the outside will look like the charred cremains of Turkey past. Right. So yeah, no, never, ever, ever try to cook the frozen Turkey. It will not just happily go along with the, the theory. Right. It will now, become the charred cremains of Turkey past. Right. Now I will say this. If you happen to buy a frozen Turkey and let's say you do it on Tuesday or Wednesday, you can still cook it. You just need a five-gallon bucket. You okay. Five-gallon bucket. You scrub that sucker clean. If you're a bleach, you <clears throat> bleach. You get that totally, totally clean. You put the turkey in there. You fill it with two cups of salt and water. Warm water, not hot. And you change it every four hours. It's not the best way to do it. You are going to be introducing a lot of water to that bird. Yes, you are. It's going to get a little wonky. Yep. Like, just going to tell you now, it will be wonky. All right. Oh, we have actually made the decision to not cook this year. Yes. We we are cooking, um, eat out. Yeah, we're eating out this year. <laughs> But normal Thanksgiving menu is very simple. It is a turkey. It is mashed potatoes. It is green beans. It is corn. It is peas. It is carrots, honey glazed. It is Brussels sprouts. It is rolls. It is sweet potatoes. It is three pies. It is four cakes. There is only four people coming this year to Thanksgiving. We are not cooking. We are eating out. There were only four last year and he did that. This is why we had a conversation. Is <laughs> like, honey, do you remember how much leftovers we had? Like, we had turkey dinner so much, I felt like our house name was Swanson. You're like, stop the insanity. Like, it kills you. 
it like here's my thing here's my thing one we have to do a complete clean out of the refrigerator so that we can buy all the crap to put in the refrigerator we're going to cook and have room once we're all done we've got to clean out the refrigerator again to put away all of the leftovers till you can like get the energy to put them in their freezer condition mm -hmm. then we end up with so much stuff in uh, going to the freezer we have to do an emergency freezer clean out his mother gets inundated with stuff. She's like, what the hell is this? We're like, we don't know, but enjoy. It's it's something surprise. And then our freezer looks like the back warehouse of Swanson's. <laughs> and the only fucking thing we will be eating for the next like two weeks has something to do with Thanksgiving. And I'm going, stop the insanity. For four people, stop the insanity. This is too much food. This is too much work. This is too much expense. And this is too much, oh, God, not that again. Mm -hmm. Like, I love you, but can we, like, I don't know, leave that in the freezer till July? Right. <laughs> like, All that's right. when I want so turkey. Ashley, get a pen and paper. I'm going to tell you how to make the best stuffing out there. Okay. Let me know when you're ready. I'll give you guys this recipe. Because, of course, let's talk about Aeson's turkey. Aeson's turkey is really easy. You get a turkey. You throw the sucker in a bag. You throw some sage in there. You throw some an onion or an apple, depending on your flavor. If you like savory, go onion. If you like sweet, go apple. Throw that in there. Three sticks of butter. Stick the sucker in a roasting pan. Fill the roasting pan with water. Stick it in the oven. Bake it at... 375 yeah, to 300 for four hours. Yep. Don't forget to defrost properly. Yes. Or it doesn't work either. Like, I'm just saying right now, like, there's no magical you forgot to defrost. Like, I'm going to give you the biggest, like, hint for Thanksgiving success and, and keep you from being a crying, sobbing mess. If you forget to defrost your turkey, stop. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Figure out your takeout, eat out plan. Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. Just if you forgot, everything else is fixable. Mm -hmm. Unless you forget to defrost the turkey, you ain't fixing that. Right. Everything that you do to try to accelerate the defrost of a turkey is unhealthy or is going to come out really bad. So if you forgot, if you didn't get it fully defrosted, if you're sitting there with a turkey that's still a block of ice on Thanksgiving, stop where you are. Do not finish cooking the meal. Put your put your pencils down and come join figure us. Figure out your eat out plan. Yeah. All just right. admit defeat right off the top and figure out your eat out or take out plan. All right, Ashley, you will need the following two boxes of stovetop stuffing. One Valdelia onion, three stalks of celery. Chop your celery, your onion, finely. You will also need two sticks of butter, one and a half cups of turkey dressing, of turkey drippings. Take your, take a gommet of butter, throw it into a skillet, fry up your onions and your celery. 
You just want to get those onions golden and that celery a little bit light. Throw that into your mix. Pour in your melted butter. Add in your turkey dressing. Stir that up. Put it in a baking dish and stick it beside the green bean casserole in the oven. They cook for the same amount of time on 375 degrees. For approximately 20 minutes or four cigarettes. Depending on your timer. Well, there you go. Oh, goodness. Are onions safe again? What? Vidalia onions have always been safe. But you want Vidalias. You don't want this these things that look like oranges. What? Okay, fair enough. Yeah, you want a flat onion. Yeah. I didn't even understand that at first. He is all about his onions have to look smushed. Like, that's, to me, that's what they look like. It looks like you took, like, the quintessential image of an onion, and you went, flop, and squished it. And I'm like, okay. And he said, no, those are the only good onions. All other onions are bad. And I'm like, okay, whatever, I give up. Like, not worth me arguing over <laughs> is where I went with that. But he has a point. They're he has a point. Better, they fry better. They slice up better, and they taste better. And you want Vidalia, so you don't want some crap from Mexico. These come out of the Pacific region of Vidalia, Georgia. They are the best and the most tasteful onion that holds up to something. Yeah, basically, if you know, if it doesn't come from the Vidalia region of Georgia, it's just yellow onion. Yes. Like, he's very snobbish of his onions. Like, I never knew anyone would actually stop and read product of. Uh-huh. On an onion. Uh-huh. He does. Like, he, like, there are many things he will just throw into a grocery cart and not care. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever it's on the list, we're buying it. This is what it is. Oh, my God, the amount of time I've spent in the onion section... And in the flower section, those are two places that he doesn't screw around. Uh, well, just that and vegetables in general. I mean, because California's carrots are too hard and they have no flavor. Oh, wow. Brenda says stores are low on turkeys. Uh, how are we doing? Have we looked? We're like off. we made the decision not to cook, so I don't know that we've even I looked. Look because you know I don't mind having a couple turkeys in the freezer, but well, yeah, you are but, not up. The prices are up, and there's they're very low weight. Oh wow! Yeah, like someone didn't really do good. So if you're going to do a ham instead of a turkey, which that's an equitable substitute, mm -hmm. you need a can of Dr Pepper, half cup of brown sugar some pineapple, and if you like cher mandarin cherries, put mandarin cherries on there. Um, I would also point out that the Honey Baked Ham Company website is honeybaked.com. <laughs> um, that's our uh, family's new standard for ham. Right. Um, like, my, my sister did this to us. She made us a Honey Baked Ham family mm -hmm. uh, several years ago. Like, she just like went there and don't get me wrong. I love honey baked ham period. But like, once you go honey baked ham, you can't go back. I debate that. Like, 
Mm-mm, I'm there. I'm like, once you go honey baked ham for for the holidays, you cannot go back. Like nothing will ever be as easy as set in refrigerator, open, heat, and serve. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. <laughs> but no, you take the ham, you put it in your roaster, you cover it with brown sugar and your pineapple. And then you pour Dr. Pepper over it in the oven, 350 for however many hours the way the ham is. Mm-hmm. Ooh, a Black Forest Spiral ham from Sam's. Not cheap, but great. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Good to know. Now, I am experimenting. If we do not go out for Christmas, I am looking at doing lamb chops. Yes. Yeah. So, like you've been looking, out. like you've you've been looking for those for a while. I have. Sam's mm-hmm. has them, and I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. It's like I've never cooked duck before. I'd like to try that, but I understand it's very greasy, so you have to saute it down. Yeah, but I hear it makes amazing French fries. Like the secret, supposedly, to amazing French fries, the best French fries you will ever eat is duck fat. I thought it was sugar and salt. No, duck fat. Because that's what McDonald's does, is sugar and salt them. Supposedly, I'm just saying, all the cooking shows have been raving for it for years, is that the secret to amazing French fries... Mm-hmm. That even if you hate French fries, you'll love these. Is duck fat, wow. and I'm like, okay, <laughs> oh no, Ashley. Well, you are responding here. Yeah. Um. All oh, the onions had salmonella. How did we miss that? Like within the last month. I didn't notice it. Vidalia <laughs> in this last month, so I didn't notice it at all. Well, that explains why you couldn't find any. Yeah. Like, sometimes we miss stuff. Like, horribly do we miss. Uh, Potato and... What? Let's see. Potent on Produce updates voluntary recall of select white and yellow whole onions because of possible health risk. Oh, wow. That was November 15th. Like, that's just in the last couple of days. Um, but those are Idaho Falls, Idaho. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's going to be more likely an onion you didn't buy. No. But that's for salmonella. Yeah. Yeah, see, I'm weird. Like, I don't know. Congealed fat just grosses me out. Mm-hmm. I know that's basically 90% of what I am is congealed fat, and I get that. I'm okay with that. Um, like, but at the same time, like jars of it and looking direct. Whoop, no, I don't even like Crisco. Like, mm-mm, no mm-hmm. oil, oil I can handle, but like there, no, no, I don't do animal. Like you can tell you, I don't do animal fat at all. No. Like I know. Yeah. All right, guys, we've kind of reached the end. Yay, Ashley got the laptop laptop up and running. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yay, so yeah, we've reached the end. We will see you Friday night for Mountain Bears, where we will be going in much more about relationships and relationship formulation and discussions.
Oh, wow. Well, then there may be a new one up uh, there. So we do want to thank our Patreon sponsors. We really love you guys. We love our baristas. And, you know, I'm waiting for the thing to come back around because I never can get my mouth open at the right point. And, yes, it was a long show. We're almost three hours, honey. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Oh, I actually needed that. Well, I'm glad you needed that it. That is absolutely yeah. awesome. Um, glad we could be here. And yeah, the author was amazing. I love her points. But we do want to thank Beverly Walker, Mika G, Kathy, Mary Winfield, Brenda Bryant, Ashley Guest, Shannon C, Shannon D, the ever-wonderful Lady Gwendolyn, and Charles Shaw. If you'd like to learn more about us, the show, or how you two can become a Patreon sponsor and become one of our wonderful baristas and receive all the wonderful barista benefits, please visit us at pcspnetwork.com. And again, we'll see you Friday night for Mountain Bears, where we're actually taking on a topic that will be fun um, <laughs> and interesting and all. And also, you guys, you know, thanks for being baristas and taking care of us and helping with the production and giving us time on the show. Yeah, it was a long show tonight, but I think it was worth it. Oh, all right, yeah. Good night, y'all. Bye. Good night. You know what's coming, so be one. You can't tell me now.